Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Friday night leading in to championship weekend. Now under 48 hours away from the NFC Championship game Sunday afternoon at the link. And throughout the course of the show tonight, we'll break this game down from every different angle and look at all the different matchups and some really intriguing matchups both on the field and both in the coaching department. Two really well-coached teams, uh, very good coordinators on each side as well. Shane Steichen, Jonathan Gannon, D'Amico Ryans all being considered for head coaching jobs right now. And... Just some really, you know, interesting matchups when you look at how these two teams stack up against each other on Sunday. And I think as we head into this game, one thing we can, I think, all agree on is that these are the two best teams in the NFC. Like, throughout the course of this season, they have been, for the most part, the two best teams in this conference all year long. And at most spots, these teams are relatively even. Um, I already made my prediction, though. I'm taking the Eagles big. I'm taking the Eagles 34-13. And the answer as to why is simple. You know, I don't care how even they are in many areas. There is one area where the Eagles have a clear and distinct advantage, and that is quarterback. I mean, you look at the the difference in quarterback here. On one side, you have Jalen Hurts, who is an MVP candidate, has been one of the best players in all football this season. And on the other side, you have Brock Purdy. And it's really that simple. The Eagles have Jalen Hurts, and the 49ers have Brock Purdy. And while Brock Purdy's played well, he's had a good season stepping in for Jimmy Garoppolo, nobody would have thought that Brock Purdy could have done the things that he'd been able to do this year and keep that team afloat. He has done a good job. The coaching staff, Kyle Shanahan, they have put him in a good situation to succeed here. But I just, when you look at this game, I just don't believe that Brock Purdy is going to handle this moment well on Sunday. I don't think he is going to be up to the task of coming into Lincoln Financial Field, coming into this environment, going up against this defense, uh, you know, in this sort of situation. I don't see this going well for him. This is a guy who I thought played pretty poorly last week against Dallas. I thought the moment was getting to him a little bit last week at home against Dallas, you know, in an environment was that was, you know, nothing like what he's going to be walking into Sunday afternoon. And... I think when you look at it, and and yeah, these teams are very even in a lot of areas. But in the end, this league is about quarterbacks. And I think that is going to be the significant difference in this game. Jalen Hurts, I mean, Jalen Hurts, I don't think anything rattles him. Especially he's at home, this kind of situation. I don't worry about Jalen Hurts at all going into a big game like this. I don't think Brock Purdy is ready for this moment. In the end, and I understand that he's had a good season. I understand that he's played well. But I think this is where the run ends. I don't 
think that Brock Purdy is going to be up to this task on Sunday. And then we're going to get your take on it. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Do you think Brock Purdy is going to be up to this task on Sunday to keep this game competitive and play well? I think this is just too much. I mean, for all the success that he has had, pedigree does matter. And this is a seventh-round rookie. This is the final pick in the draft coming in to an NFC Championship game in arguably the most difficult place to play in the NFL. I don't think this is going to end well for him. That's why I don't understand why this line's only two and a half. I don't understand why the Eagles aren't bigger favorites. Even with how even the rosters are in so many areas, quarterback matters a lot. It's a significant difference. And the Eagles have an MVP candidate. The 49ers have a game manager. That is going to be the difference in this game. That is why the Eagles are going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it rather easily. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. But I want to know how you feel going into it, and do you agree about Brock Purdy? Do you think that Brock Purdy is going to stand up in this moment and be able to deal with the elements? Do you think he's going to be able to deal with the crowd? Do you think he's going to be able to deal with the environment that he is coming into. This is a difficult environment for even veteran quarterbacks, even quarterbacks who have been through it, been in big games before. We have seen guys like Matt Ryan in the past have issues in this sort of situation. I just don't see this going well for Brock Purdy, and I'd love to get your take on it. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. And before we go to the phones, we'll start uh, Tucker Bagley producing the show tonight. Tucker, what are your feelings on this? I mean, we talked about the game a little bit this week. But in the end, I think the Eagles win. I think they win big, and I think the reason is – because I don't think this 49ers quarterback is going to be up to the task in this moment. Yeah, I think if you look at both teams on paper and you look at this matchup, they're pretty evenly matched, right? These are two top five defenses. These are two offenses that really have had no issue moving the ball up and down the field against their opponents this season. And that's the one matchup I keep going back to, is the disparity at the quarterback position. It's Brock Hurt Purdy, who's I know he's you know played well in his seven NFL starts so far, but he was Mr. Irrelevant for a reason, and... It's him against Jalen Hurts, who is an MVP finalist and second-team All-Pro. And I think that, for me, is the reason why I also lean towards the Eagles. I'm not as, you know, juiced up as you are in predicting them to win by three possessions, but I could see it going that way. If I had to pick one team to win in a blowout, it would be the Eagles because we haven't seen Jalen Hurts make mistakes this season, right? That was something I think that he struggled with earlier in his career. And this season, what he's done in this offense— He's been incredibly efficient as a runner, as a passer, holding on to the football. And if he takes care of it, if the Eagles don't give Brock Purdy short fields and easy opportunities for points, I just don't see how they can lose. I really don't. I don't think Brock Purdy is going to go out there and put up 27 or 28 points in a game where I think that's what's going to be needed to done to win. No, and that's why I'm predicting a blowout here and why I'm predicting the Eagles to win this game in such a one-sided fashion, because I do think they are going to, you know, force Brock Purdy into mistakes. I do think this is going to be a situation that gets to him. I do think this environment is going to play a massive factor in this game, and there's just nothing that can prepare you for this moment. Like, there is no way to simulate what this is going to be like. And, you know, Brock Purdy talked a little bit earlier this week about one of the games that he had earlier this year. Here's Brock Purdy on playing on Thursday night in Seattle a few weeks ago. You know, when we played Seattle that week and everything, he, he did say it was good preparation for what or what we might have to, you know, play in in terms of the playoffs, you know, going on the road for road games and obviously for Philadelphia. Um, and it's just every, like everything, 
you know, in, the, in these kind of games, it's all about communication. How can you operate smoothly, get, get in and out of the huddle, get the playoff in the right way, make sure everyone's on the same page. So that's definitely a big uh, emphasis this week. And I know Seattle's a loud place to play, and I know that was a night game and, and, and all that stuff. But that is, we're, we're talking about different leagues here. Like Seattle on a Thursday night in early December is different than coming to Philadelphia for an NFC championship game. There is no way to simulate this kind of environment. And here was Fletcher Cox talking about what he expects things to be like, what he's been telling his teammates, what it's going to be like at the link on Sunday afternoon. If you think the stadium was loud last week, you know, just wait until Sunday. Um, we got to keep the crowd in it um, the, the entire game because we're going to need it. Um, and uh, we are looking forward to it because at this, if the crowd is loud, they got to go, you know, silence caters the whole time. And, and that's what we want, right? Uh, we want to, we wanted them to not be able to hear to get their calls in and get their checks in. Um, and that's the advantage of playing in Philly. Yeah. And, and that's, that, that's a huge deal, man. When you look at coming here playing an NFC championship game, it's one thing to play in Philadelphia in normal circumstances, but especially in this kind of game. I mean, I was at that game five years ago when the Eagles played the Minnesota Vikings. I've never heard a stadium louder. And Jonathan Gannon, who's obviously Eagles defensive coordinator now, was on the Vikings sideline for that game. Here was Gannon on what pregame warmups were like for the Vikings that day. In warmups, a guy that I was, you know, coaching, he looked at me with a look in his eye like, whoa, you know, Harrison Smith. And I, I said, whoa, back. Like, it, you could feel the energy, and it's, it's awesome. I mean, this is one of the best uh, atmospheres that you're going to get in the National Football League. And, you know, I don't care what Brock Purdy has done in his career. He is not going to fare well in this environment, and I'm extremely confident in that. Like, it's been a good story. He's had a good run taking over for Jimmy Garoppolo, done better than anybody expected him to do. But, you know, most Cinderella runs don't end the way the Eagles' Cinderella run ended with Nick Foles a few years ago. They usually come to an end, and they usually come to an end in a very abrupt fashion. And that's exactly how I see this thing going on Sunday afternoon. You know, the importance of quarterback play cannot be overstated. You look around the NFL this weekend, three of the four teams have MVP candidates. Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, whichever way you want to order them, they're likely going to finish one, two, three in the MVP voting. And the other one has Brock Purdy. And it's not to demean him, but it's, it's there are different levels here. And especially with you combine the lack, of, the, the, the talent disparity at that position, him coming into this environment, the run for the Niners is over. They're not winning this game. The Eagles are going to take care of business. I think they're going to take care of business in a big way. And this is why I'm, I'm not very concerned about this game. I think the Eagles win. I think they win big. Um, and the Brock Purdy, you know, Cinderella story is going to come to an end. And it's going to come to an end in emphatic fashion down at the link on Sunday afternoon. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Do you think Brock Purdy is going to be able to handle this environment and play a good game? I just don't see it happening. There's no scenario that I envision that Brock Purdy comes in here, plays well, and the Niners beat the Eagles. I, I just don't see it happening. I think the Eagles win. I think the Eagles roll. I'm going 34-13. Would love to get your picks. Would love to get your take on Brock Purdy and how you think he's going to handle this environment come Sunday afternoon. 215-592-9494. Let's go to uh, Brandon and Hanover to start things off. What's up, Brandon? Yeah, Tom, it's good to be with you. I love hearing you on the air. I hope you'll continue to be on regularly even with the new changes coming up yeah uh, we'll see what happens brandon but i appreciate it all right i just wanted to talk about a couple of different points 
wanted to see what you thought in your wisdom there, and that would be I I do agree Jalen's way better. He and I think the Eagles will win the game. I have it about twenty three seventeen, twenty seven seventeen, somewhere in there. But but I'd like to ask you, this is a defense Jalen Hurts will not have not have seen yet. Nothing close to this defense. So the the key will be to use the Niners' speed against them. I think the Niners will maybe follow a blueprint like the Chicago Bears did this year. That actually was a very good Bears game plan. And the Bears are a god-awful team, but I thought their defensive coordinator earlier in the game forced Jalen into some mistakes, and it only takes one or two in this game uh, to maybe swing it. But I think the Niners, the, the Bears, if the Bears' defense could do that, did they maybe show a blueprint of how to kind of slow down this offense and force Jalen into into some of those mistakes? Yeah, and I get that, Brandon. But I will say this: in, in you know why that's not a huge concern for me because I don't think the Eagles' coaching staff honestly had a great game plan that day. I, I do think that remember around that time, you know, all, the the big topic was the MVP debate, and I think. Nick Sirianni let that influence his game plan a little bit. I think the oh, he, Eagles. I think the Eagles knew they were going to beat the Bears. I think he came out with a game plan where he wanted Jalen to rack up statistics, and you know, obviously, it didn't work out in their favor. Bottom line, though, they've been scouting this Niners defense for weeks. They knew this was probably going to be a team they'd need to beat to get to the Super Bowl. And I would expect the Eagles to come out with a very good game plan on Sunday. Yeah, well, I would too. I just was curious if you thought the Niners might use that particular game plan and and force Jalen, do their very best to force Jalen into some of those areas. But yeah, the other thing is I wonder if the punters could come into factor in this game. And I know it's hard to believe, but Brett Kern had a good game last week, and Mitch Wisnowski on the Niners side, he's excellent pro bowler. And you wonder if the punters could play part in the game because I would assume both offenses could go three and out or get a first down and then have to punt. A field position could play a part in the game, I would think. Yeah, I think that's possible, Brandon, and I appreciate the call. But, you know, I would say, like last week, I remember talking about it, and it was like, you know, over under three and a half punts for for Brett Kern. And I thought if Brett Kern was punting over three times, you know, the Eagles were going to be in a bad spot. I mean, maybe they have to punt a little more in this game. I think the offense will be able – to move the ball, but yeah, I mean, field position, if you get into a defensive struggle, field position could play a, a big role, and that could be a key. I mean, you would love to pin the Niners back. You would love to be in a situation where you can influence Brock Purdy even more. And if he's, you know, being pushed back deep into his own territory, I just think that's another situation where that's going to be really tough for him to overcome. That's going to be really tough for him to overcome the elements, overcome the crowd, the pressure of the Eagles defense. And I just don't see it going well for him. Like, like when I met, look at this game and it's why I came to my prediction so early in the week here, I just can't fathom any way in which Brock Purdy comes in here and has success. And I know Kyle Shanahan's great. I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive minds in the league. Even over the past couple of years, as people were pumping up Sean McVay and his genius, I would take Kyle Shanahan over Sean McVay uh, any of those years. But, you know, I think there's a limit to what you can accomplish with this type of a quarterback. And I think we're going to see that on Sunday afternoon. This is an Eagles defense that's better than that Dallas defense last week. 
It just is. This is an environment that is going to be extremely tough to play in. I guarantee you Brock Purdy's never played anywhere like this in the pros. I guarantee you he's never played anywhere like this, you know, at Iowa State. I don't think going, you know, uh, cross-state to Iowa is really that same kind of environment that he's going to encounter at the link on Sunday afternoon and I think the Eagles are are, are gonna are gonna feast. I think they're gonna feast on them. I think the defense has a big day. I think they force a minimum of two turnovers, probably more. And I think the Eagles win this game easily. But I'd love your take. Want your predictions? And do you think Brock Purdy's gonna handle this situation well? Do you think he's gonna have success? I just don't see any way it happens. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Get to all your calls when we get back. Also, when we get back, the Eagles got some tremendous news on Friday. I think it's going to have a massive impact on this game. Also, something Kyle Shanahan did uh, on Friday that I think really shows the Eagles are already in the Niners' head in terms of this environment. I'll tell you what that is next. Uh, I'm Tom Kelly. Until 2 on a Friday night, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U S and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus Shopify's award-winning 24 seven help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Friday night. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Obviously talking 
NFC Championship game. Brandon Lee Gowton of uh, Bleeding Green Nation will join us uh, at 11 o'clock to break this game down uh, further. But I think the Eagles win this game, and I think they win it convincingly. And, you know, the extreme confidence that I have, normally, you know, that makes you a little nervous. It's like when you're this confident, you feel like you got to be missing something. Like you got to feel like there's one angle that you you just haven't seen. I just don't see it. I don't see any way that the 49ers come in here with a seventh-round rookie quarterback and win this game. And if I'm underrating Brock Purdy and he comes in and he plays well and the Niners win, yeah, I'll look like I'll look like an idiot next week and I'll say I, I was an idiot in how I looked at this game. I just don't see it happening. I don't think he's he's going to do well with this environment. I, I think it's going to be overwhelming. He's never played in anything like this before, and and it's a massive factor. It's not something that you can just gloss over. Playing in Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game, there's truly nothing like it. And five years ago, just being at that game, it was insane. Like when Patrick Robinson had that pick six and took that, that uh, interception back for a touchdown, never heard a stadium louder. It was absolutely insane, and I would expect a similar crowd, if not a more uh, intense and insane crowd on Sunday afternoon. Um, and I just don't think he's going to handle the situation well. So if you want to get in, 215-592-9494, do you think Brock Purdy is going to be up to this moment? I don't. And I think, honestly, I think the Eagles are already in the 49ers' heads in terms of of the talk when it comes to the environment they're coming into this week. Because the Niners have been asked questions all about it. I mean, George Kittle asked immediately after the Dallas game last week, said it was going to be cold and violent, which, I I mean, just to, I got to say, some of the Niners players objectively, like, I love George Kittle. Debo Samuel might be my favorite non-Eagle to watch in the league. Like, that dude is just so, when he gets the football, he is so much fun to watch play. He's a touchdown waiting to happen. He just, like, he the way those guys just embrace contact is rare to see from, you know, skill players. But I think the Eagles are already in the Niners' heads, and they've been asked about it all week. They're already coming in thinking about it. And Kyle Shanahan did something that, uh, you know, I love that Kyle Shanahan did this from an Eagles standpoint on Friday, that he showed them video of Tampa Bay coming in here in 2002, closing down Veteran Stadium, beating the Eagles in that game. I mean, Tucker, does that just show that, like, the environment, the crowd, all that stuff, that it's already in their head? Like, most teams, you know, they're trying to tune that stuff out. The 49ers, I feel like they've been thinking about this factor all week, and I don't like from a, you know, if I'm a Niners fan, that Kyle Shanahan is showing them that stuff and making this even a bigger deal. No, I think it's funny because last week we talked about how confident we were in beating the Giants. And it kind of felt like a trick. Like, what's the catcher? We only have to beat Daniel Jones? At times, it kind of feels that way against the 49ers, right? Like, you only have to beat Brock Purdy. You only have to beat Kyle Shanahan, who I do think is a good coach, but I think he gets conservative and comes up small in big games. And I don't know. The way they're acting this week and the way they're embracing it, first of all, it's it's kind of nice. It's like the first time an opposing team ever actually admits that the Philadelphia fan base or, or that stadium is going to be loud because normally they pretend that it isn't and they say our stadium is just as loud. But I don't know. It just it does feel weird. And I've reached the point now where if the Eagles do get up 14 nothing, 21 nothing early in this game, I wouldn't be shocked, right? No, I know. And, and that's why I kind of see this game going the way I, I see it going here. 
is I think that's exactly what happens, and I think it's going to be an avalanche. I think, you know, the Eagles get a stop. Maybe they get a turnover early. They get on the board. And if things go poorly early in this game, like the start for San Francisco in this game is is critical. Like if things go poorly for the 49ers early, I just don't see them being able to recover. Like if they start last this week the way they started last week against Dallas, I mean, Jalen Hurts isn't going to give them – the kind of outs that Dak Prescott gave him last week. Just not going to happen. So, you know, I think the Eagles, the formula, get on top early, jump in front, and and keep hammering. And I think that's the way this game's going to go down. Uh, very little concern, very little concern going into it. And the biggest difference and the biggest reason why is just the massive, massive disparity uh, and mismatch at the quarterback position. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, go to our buddy Stephen Egg Harbor. What's up, Steve? What's going on, man? Yeah, I can't wait for Sunday either, man. But I'll tell you what. Um, I got. I think I got a little bit more respect for San Francisco than it sounds like you do. They did go into Green Bay last year and went in Green Bay, and they went into Dallas, and they, and they beat Dallas. But what I want to talk about is I think the lack of respect for – I don't think we're getting any respect in the national media for our defense at all. Everybody wants to talk about Bosa, and he's a great player. There's no doubt about it. But we got somebody, as far as I'm concerned, is basically equally as good in Reddick. Reddick is an absolute beast and a disruptor. He's got as many sacks as Bosa does after the two sacks he had last year. I mean, last week against the Giants. He's got 18 sacks, too. And because of Reddick, we got three other guys who got double digits in sacks. And neither one of those guys last year had double digits in sacks. So you see what he's meant to our defensive line. And I think if we uh, – Dallas played the groundwork last week against this kid. Pressure him on third and long, get in his face. And I like what Gannon did last week to Jeremy Jones. He had him befuddled the whole game. He threw some extra blitzes at him. He threw some extra guys at him every once in a while. Not a lot, but enough to just – Make it look a little different. If he does that against Purdy, I think we're going to get a couple picks. I like his 27-17. Yeah, and, and Steve, I, I think you need to give him different looks. And, and just watching the little bit of Brock Purdy that I've watched the last couple weeks. I mean, I'll admit I didn't watch them a ton in December. They weren't playing a ton of primetime games. But watching these two playoff games, one thing I've noticed at least is he really tends to drift in the pocket, like drift back to the left in the pocket. That's not really what you want to do. And uh, with this Eagles defensive line, I think they could really force him into some into some problematic throws. No doubt. You saw last week when he got pressured, he was late on some throws. And if he's late with our guys, we're going to get some picks. And, and like I said, I think you could be right. This game could be over, you know, relatively early if we get on top and we, and we pound this kid and really put some pressure on. But I'm anticipating, but here's what I think. I mean, if San Fran can stymie our offense, which I'm hoping they can't, they have a great defense, which means they can if they're on the ball, you know, if they're on the ball too, this could be a low-scoring game. That's the, the only way. I see San Francisco winning this game as if it's a 17-14, 21-17 type game. That's that's the only way I see them winning it because if we score 24 points, we win this game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Steve, and I appreciate the call, man. I totally agree. I mean, totally agree. The 49ers, you know, the 49ers – chance to win this game is to keep the score down and Steve says 24 I would say 21 like I think I think if the Eagles get to 21 they're in pretty good shape I don't think they're going to give up three touchdowns to this Niners offense I think at most at absolute most the Eagles give up 20 points in this game and I don't think they'll even give up that much like and 
you know, I, I think this is a situation where we're we're going to know how this game is going to go, you know, very, very early on. Like, if the Niners are keeping it tight and this is a tight game at halftime, yeah, I'll be a little concerned. Um, but I just don't see it that way. I think maybe the first quarter is a little feeling out process, but I think as that first half wears on, the Eagles will get to Purdy, they will start to force him into mistakes, and I expect the Eagles to be up at least a touchdown at half. And then the second half, I expect them to really break this thing open. Um, but I just don't see any way that the 49ers come in here and have a lot of success on offense. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. And one of the big things, too, is you know the injury report uh, and how the Eagles come into this game. And here was Nick Sirianni. Uh, talking on Thursday about Avante Maddox and his chances to play in this game this weekend. You know, we're going to see a little bit more today. Uh, you know, we, we again, we feel like he's on a, a tra- trajectory up, um, getting better every day. Uh, th- today we'll tell a little bit a little bit more. Um, but, you know, again, like I said, we're hopeful, and we'll, but we'll continue to see. And that's huge. And Avante Maddox, things apparently went well because he practiced again Friday, not listed on the injury report, and he's a full go. And the Eagles come into this game. How crazy is this? Completely healthy. All 22 starters on both sides of the football. I mean, and think about that. When, you know, over the course of the last several years, whether it's 2017, 2018, 2019, what was a huge story at the end of those seasons? How banged up the Eagles are and how many guys they were missing. You come into this completely healthy. It's really crazy. And I think Avante Maddox is going to play a massive role in this game against the Niners' weapons. You need all the the defensive backs at your disposal. I think that's a huge addition, Tucker, getting Avante Maddox back. Yeah, I think he's huge. And I think the one thing I was worried about, especially in the secondary, was the lack of speed they had with Reed Blankenship back there. And I think Reed Blankenship has played admirably, right? He's played really well for a guy who's an undrafted rookie free agent. But I could also see Kyle Shanahan kind of licking his chaps in team meetings this week knowing that he was going to be on the back end of the defense and he could set up matchups where Blankenship was isolated against Debo Samuel or or George Kittle. So if you add Maddox in and you get to put Gardner Johnson back at safety, I mean, we talked about it earlier this season for much of you know the first five, seven, eight weeks. One through five, the Eagles have the best secondary in the NFL, and you're now back to that as long as everybody's fully healthy, good to go. I mean, the only injury you have to worry about, Tom, is you know the loss of Derek Barnett. No, yeah. The, what have we done all year without Derek Barnett? Did you forget Derek Barnett was on the team? Because I, I do like once a week. I totally forgot Derek Barnett was on this team. Did he get hurt in, the, in training camp? He got hurt, I think, in week one. I think he played a total of like nine snaps this season. Did he? Okay. Well, hopefully he's able to get a, get another ring. We played talking... 12 snaps. I take that back. I don't want to diminish his, his okay. impact on the season. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, they've been able to get by without Derek Barnett, thank God. But the reason why Avante Maddox, from not to get, you know, too in the weeds here schematically for you, but I think it's huge because the way the Eagles want to play, like the way I think Kyle Shanahan is going to want to attack is they're going to want to get one-on-one matchups in the secondary, and the Eagles are going to need to stop the run. And and for the Eagles to stop the run, I think they're going to come out with a lot of the five down linemen, the five you know down linemen fronts that Jonathan Gannon likes to throw out there with Linville Joseph or Jordan Davis, you know, playing the nose in the middle. 
And now this allows you to be able to comfortably play five defensive backs out there. Like, you can play Maddox out there with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, with Epps back at safety, and now, you know, T.J. Edwards, the lone linebacker. And this is a big part of what this game's going to come down to. Can the Eagles stop the run with six men in the box? Because I think they're going to want to play with the five down linemen. They're going to want to play primarily with five defensive backs. Um and T.J. Edwards is the lone linebacker. I think this is a game where Kaiser White's snaps could decrease rather significantly because, I mean, he's another guy that I think Shanahan would love to pick on in coverage. Like, if they can get Kaiser White lined up with Kittle or lined up with McCaffrey man-to-man, that's a matchup that Kyle Shanahan is going to look to exploit. Uh, so I think that's something the Eagles could do here. Five down linemen, five defensive backs with T.J. Edwards being the lone linebacker. Uh, I think that's a, a schematic thing that Jonathan Gannon could look to employ on uh, on Sunday. 215-592-9494. Let's go to uh, Brian in New Jersey. What's up, Brian? Hi. Yeah, I think the 49ers look very tired. I mean, when was the last time they had a bye? I don't know. I, I don't know when their bye week was, Brian. I'm not sure. It was yeah, week, week nine. Week nine. They only scored 19 points against Dallas. We beat the Giants 38 to seven. Big difference. Yeah, I mean, well, Brian, I, I th- that's true. I will say the Cowboys are a significantly better team than the Giants. I think that does need to be factored in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I I think. I, I think the bye week's huge. If that's your point here, I think that that's true. I think the Eagles getting that one seed, getting the bye week was was critical. But so we have a better record than them. We're the number one seed. We have home field advantage. Yeah, and I agree, Brian. I mean, getting the one seed is huge, and having that bye week, it, it's critical. And you look throughout the history of the NFL uh, these days, like. Getting the bye week is really important. Now, it's changed a little bit in recent years. Um, Last year, neither Super Bowl participant had a bye week. In 2020, the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl, uh, being a wild card team. But typically, that's not the norm. Like, you look at the years prior to that, I mean, you need a bye to win the Super Bowl, typically. You need a bye to get to the Super Bowl, typically. And I think, you know, getting that week off – um, and getting that week to prepare is really important. And that's another thing schematically here. And from a scouting perspective, playing the Niners didn't just come out of nowhere for the Eagles. Like, I think they knew, they've known for a while, they're probably going to need to beat this team to get to the Super Bowl. This was the second best team in the NFC for a large part of the season. They've been scouting the Niners for a long time. They know exactly how they're going to want to attack. We'll see how the game plan works out. Um, but, yeah, I think the Eagles have been doing prep work on the Niners for a while. And I think, honestly, um, yeah, they were definitely getting ready for the Giants during their bye week. But I think a lot of that prep we, prep work uh, was being done on the 49ers as well. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Bobby V, I see there. I'm excited to talk to Bobby V. He looks uh, pretty fired up, judging by what's uh, typed up on my screen here. So we'll talk to Bobby. Also, I'll give you my keys of the game uh, in the next segment as well. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Friday night. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 as we look ahead to the NFC Championship game on Sunday, Eagles 49ers. Uh, Think the Eagles win, think the Eagles win easily. And in the end, I think it's going to come down to the quarterbacks. And you look around the NFL right now, you got three quarterbacks who are going to finish one, two, three in the MVP voting. And then you have Brock Purdy. And again, I know... Probably sounds like I'm being a little demeaning to to Brock Purdy, but I just think that that you know quarterback play matters a hell of a lot, and you know he has maximized what he's been able to get out of of his talents this year, and it's been really really impressive to see the way he stepped in as a rookie, taken over that team, and and kind of you know managed their way to the NFC Championship game. But this is the best team the the Niners have faced all year. Just as we say this is the best team the Eagles faced all year, it's the best team the Niners have faced all year. And when the Eagles play their game, when the Eagles are well-prepared, when they're focused, I don't think there's anybody in this conference that, that can beat them, especially a quarterback like this coming into this kind of environment. So I think the Eagles win, and I think they win big. And in a minute, we I will get to uh, my keys to this game, what I think the Eagles need to do to secure victory. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. First, let's go to Bobby V in Malvern. What's up, Bobby? How you doing? You there, buddy? I'm here. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm I'm in Elmer. I'm in Elmer, New Jersey. But anyway, I'm going to my first NFL game Sunday. It's going to be that game. I tell you, I've been dying to go to an Eagles game, and I've been an Eagles fan for over 50 years. I'm taking my nephew, and we're gonna we're gonna raise some hell. You know that, man. All right. So, Bobby, I, this is the first NFL game you've ever been to? Yes. Wow. Because yes, a... of uh, marriage and money. Yes. Well, the, yes. hey, the, there you go, Bobby. I hear you, man. But, but hey, that's you picked a hell of a, a ticket now. You picked a hell of a game to, to, to start yes. off your, your career with. I'll tell you that. Yes, I did. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for all your sports talk, man. I love you guys. All but, right. uh, yeah, I'll tell you, I, I think it's going to be one of them games for uh, the moment and the, the environment and the speed. The speed of the game will be too fast for Purdy. Yeah. Purdy no. can't, won't be able to handle it. 
It'd be like Jay Hur- Jalen Hurts uh, last year in the playoffs at Tampa Bay. He couldn't handle the speed of Tampa Bay's defense. And when we tried to run, they, they had, it's like they had our playbook in their pocket. That's yeah. what it's going to be like when Purdy throws two interceptions right off the bat. I expect the score to be 34 to 17. 34 and to last, 17. Wow. Last week I was off. I was off one point on the score and one two points on the uh, the over. What would you have on the score last week, uh, Bobby? Uh, I was only off two. I forget what I picked right now. I, don't, I wrote it down. I don't remember. I was uh, only off two points, two points on one and one on the other. All right. On the over and uh, the spread. And this week, I think I'll do the same thing. And I think, um, yeah, I, I put all kinds of money on it. You know that. <laughs> well, there you go, Bobby. Well, hopefully, hopefully you make it all back and it pays for your ticket. Man. I bleed green. Yes, sir. There you go. You got- Enjoy the game, man. Watch us kick ass. Thanks, Don't Bobby. Appreciate it, man. That's the kind of crowd. That's the kind of that's the kind of fan we need at the game. Like it makes me feel that's immense. Seventy thousand of them it makes me feel better already that Bobby V is going to be at the game on Sunday. How can we lose with Bobby V in attendance? His first game. I think Bobby V might be a little. You know, he's going to be jacked up. I think he's already a little jacked up. Sunday at one o'clock. But yeah, they, I mean, they're, and they're they're good at. Did what did I say? One o'clock. Uh, three o'clock. Sorry. Uh, 3 o'clock game on Sunday. It's Friday at 10 o'clock. He's already ready to go. Correct. And who knows if he'll sleep uh, before then. But, yeah, I mean, Bobby, a couple points off. That is the one thing that concerns me. Because Vegas, they're good at making these lines. And I don't know, Tucker, I, I don't get why this is only a two-and-a-half-point line. Like, you apparently, what's the, the the saying? You get three for being the home team. So, according to that logic, this is basically a pick em or, or the Niners are, are slight favorites. I don't. I don't get that. Yeah, I think it's a little less now because of just how advantageous it is to be on the road. Like air travel and hotels and everything are a lot better than they were 20 years ago. I'd probably say it's two or two and a half at, at most when you're on the road. But you're right. Like it is suspicious a little bit, right? Because even if you just take Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts at at face value, I don't know. Like that's it. You're only getting two and a half in that quarterback matchup. And think about – what the other game was that when they thought Patrick Mahomes, you know, might not play on you know Monday night or Tuesday morning, that dropped to two and a half, and now it's back. I think it's one point in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs again. But if Joe Burrow versus Chad Henney or a one-legged Patrick Mahomes is two and a half compared to this, I don't know. It, it is interesting, and you're right. Like they do know what they're doing. Yeah. So that that's a little odd, but you know, I think I think they're off on this one. I, I think they're underestimating the Eagles. But you know, as you look at this game, you know, I wanted to give you what I think are the real keys of the game here. And first, defensively, I think this is you know, and who knows? Like I'm not inside the mind of Kyle Shanahan, who's a far superior football mind to myself, but. If I was Kyle Shanahan, I would look to attack the middle of the field in the short and intermediate passing game. Like, I think that is where you can maybe take advantage, and that's why I think having Avante Maddox is just huge because now you can put Avante Maddox, you can put C.J. Gardner-Johnson man-to-man on, like, guys like McCaffrey and and Debo, and that kind of takes away a little bit of what the Niners can do. But I think you need to protect the middle of the field. Like, that's where I think the Niners are going to attack. I don't expect them to be taking shots at James Bradbury and Darius Slay on the outside. I – I don't think going into the the strength of the Eagles' defense is what Kyle Shanahan is going to look to do. So I think you need to protect the ball or, or need to protect the middle of the field defensively, uh, and I think that's that that's going to be key on that side of the football. Now, offensively, this kind of pains me to say, as somebody who loves throwing the football, but I do think the Eagles need to run the ball early in this game. 
whether it's Jalen Hurts keepers, different looks, give different, you know, exotic looks in the run game. And, and I thought the Eagles did a good job of that last week of running the ball, but not just, you know, doing the same thing over and over again. They, they did it out of different formations. They gave the Giants different looks. I think you do a lot of that in this game as well, but you got to slow down that Niners pass rush. Like Nick Bosa, you know, Ebukam on the outside – those guys can get pressure. You need to slow down that pass rush. So I think you run the ball early. That's the best way to slow down a pass rush. And number three, and, you know, first I'll play this sound from Kyle Brandt. Um, here was Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football uh, talking about what he would like to see the Eagles do provided they win the coin toss on Sunday afternoon. I hope that the Eagles start with the ball, either because the Niners win and defer or Sirianni says, no, we're taking the ball. We want it. Because I am so excited for the first drive for the Eagles on offense. Mm. I'm so excited for the first play. Because I believe it's going to be a running play. And we're going to see how it goes. And I don't know if it's going to be Sanders or Gainwell. But it's probably going to be up the middle. And it's going to be right into the teeth. And we're going to see who's tough and who's moving the chains or who's not. Like, this this is what this game is about. The Eagles have had two games that Jalen Hurts has finished where they haven't run for 100 yards. Just two. One of them was a loss to the Commanders in the middle of the season. The rest of the time, they just cruise. And if that first play is like, you know, five, six, eight-yard run, that's a big victory. <laughs> if it's Fred Warner in the backfield for a loss of two, that place is going to go nuts. And by that place, I mean the Niners sideline. Classic tone setter. I'm thinking, like, Camp Chancellor hitting Demarius on the first play of the Super Bowl. Like, you knew what time it was. Um, the first play is going to be electric because I don't think it's going to be a deep pass, Peter. I think that one's coming. That one's in the second half. I think first it's like... Let's see what you yeah. got, and let's see what you got. Our best versus your best. It's classic. It's a movable object. It's irresistible force. Look at that, man. That could be the play right there. Or maybe it's out the gate, and we're running downfield yeah. for a chunk play. First series, first play, coin toss, I'm in for it. I couldn't disagree with that more. Like, like, And I know people have been using what happened last week and the Giants deferring and the Eagles going right down and scoring as you know validation for why the Eagles should choose to receive, why they should take the ball. I just couldn't disagree more. Like, I don't want to take the ball first in this game. And I hope the Eagles win the toss, and I hope they defer because if the Niners win the toss, I think they'll probably defer because they know it is not the best thing for them to have their offense on the field. I mean, Tucker, what do you think? You have 70,000 full of Bobby V's in the crowd for the start of that game. You want to put your offense on the on the field? Like, I was an usher at the link for 10 years. In that situation, I'm telling the crowd to sit down. Shut up. You don't want to do that. You want that crowd fired up for Brock Purdy, first play of the game, defer put the Niners' offense on the field. And I'm just a big fan of being able to have the ball on both sides of the half, right? And I think back to the last time the Eagles were in the NFC title game against the Minnesota Vikings, and if you look at what they did, they had that touchdown Alshon Jeffrey with about a minute to go, and then Derek Barnett, who is getting brought up a lot tonight, had a strip sack. They by you only, a field by, goal. by you only. Oh, by I know way. it's my fault. But they end up kicking a field goal as time expired to before the half ended after that strip sack by Barnett, and then they come back out and they throw that you know forty-one yard flea flicker to Torrey Smith, and then before the Vikings can even breathe, it goes from being a fourteen-seven game to a thirty-one-seven game, and the game's over. I mean, having the ability to play both sides of the half like that and really just rack up points if the offense is rolling. I mean, I think the biggest issue right now and the biggest key to this game is the Eagles getting up early so that Brock Purdy has to throw the 49ers to victory. And I don't know if Kyle Shanahan is comfortable letting him do that, but if the Eagles can set up a situation where they can go up and into the half up seven and 
maybe push that to a two-possession lead before Brock Purdy even touches the ball in the second half. And you know how long and methodical some Eagles scoring drives can be. I mean, that could put the game out of reach with like 20 minutes to go. Right, and the counter-argument to that, that, that people will fire back on, well, what if the Niners get the ball and they go down and score and it takes all the all the air out of the building? First of all, I think that just shows you, you're not that confident in the defense. I have more confidence in the defense than that. And just to compare it again back to five years ago, the Vikings did do that, and trust me, it didn't take any air out of that building. Like, the Eagles recovered, they were fine, and I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think that would set the tone right away that we are not scared of your offense, we want your rookie quarterback on the field, and we're going to have a day feasting on him. So if you win the coin toss, defer, defer, defer. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. When we get back, we'll be joined by Brandon Lee Gowden, Eagles reporter uh, for Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, Brandon to help us get set for this weekend's game as well. He's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Friday night breaking down the NFC Championship game. Eagles Niners this Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock down at Lincoln Financial Field. And now joining us to help us break it all down, Eagles reporter, manager, and editor-in-chief for Bleeding Green Nation. You can find him on Twitter at Brandon Galton. Brandon Lee Gowton joins us. Brandon, thanks for hopping on for a few minutes, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So, Brandon, I guess let's start off with the injury news for the Eagles on Friday. Obviously, really good news. Avante Maddox, uh, full participant. It looks like he will play on Sunday. How big a deal is it for the Eagles to get Avante Maddox uh, back for this game against this uh, potent Niners offense? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, you know, when you zoom out and you think that you have all 22 starters here for your teams late into the season. Obviously, a great thing. You know, Maddox specifically, I thought he was looking really good against the Cowboys in that game right before he got hurt. Um, so, And I think he's had a good season on the whole when he has been healthy, which, you know, he's dealt with some bumps and bruises along the way. Um, but, yeah, I think getting him back is really big. Um, yeah, just the, the fact that this team is able to be so healthy like they are right now is, is special. Yeah, and Brandon, you brought it up there. All 22 starters uh, available for this game, just something so rare to see at this point in the year in the NFL, especially when you look back and, like, so many of those seasons, the storyline was the Eagles dealing with injuries and so many players being out. How much of this do you think is luck and how much of of it is due to strategy and and some of the changes that the Eagles have made and and how they have, you know, found ways to keep their players uh, more healthy over the last couple years? Yeah, and even, you know, the Super Bowl team itself. No Jason Peters, no Darren Sproles, no Carson Wentz. Um, it's, you know, it's crazy uh, that they are able to have the success. And I think a lot of it is, you know, you go into, um, you know, obviously the year with these lighter kind of training camps and these lighter schedules in the week. They start each week, especially about maybe even not even halfway through the season with these Wednesday walkthroughs instead of a real practice on a Wednesday that they'll do earlier in the season. So, you know, I think you have to give them credit um, for really doing their best to, to manage these things. Obviously, you know, some of these injuries are just unavoidable. There's a luck factor. Uh, but I think to their credit, and this kind of goes back to a couple of years ago when, when the Eagles made some uh, overhaul decisions on their medical staff, and they brought in someone from the Vikings and someone from the Rams um, who were like the, you know, some of the healthiest teams in the league at the time when they were hired. So it seemed like they made hires, you know, from these organizations that were having success with health and kind of maybe, you know, figured out what they could do to get that advantage in their building. 
Yeah, and it's, it's been huge for him, no doubt. Brandon Lee Gowton joining us now covers the Eagles for Bleeding Green Nation. And, and you look at this game this weekend, Brandon, some really interesting matchups. I think from the coaching perspective in particular, Kyle Shanahan, one of the best offensive line, uh, minds in football, and Jonathan Gannon, who you know I think has done a pretty good job here. Uh, but you, you look at, at all these, at the coaching matchup on that perspective, how do you think the Niners look to attack this Eagles defense on Sunday? Yeah, you know, look, you know, the, every everyone makes a lot about how you know, oh, there's the death lineup, and they have all these versatility and different things they can do on offense. And there's some truth to that. I mean, obviously, the talent, the skill players that they have, it's a really good unit. Um, so you know, I, I expect they're going to be them, and they're going to get the ball to Debo Samuel and hand off to him. Maybe hand off to him a little bit more than usual because they're kind of banged up there in the backfield. I know Christian McCaffrey wasn't on the final injury report for the 49ers, but he's been kind of been slowed up um, by what he's dealing with. And then Elijah Mitchell, not even necessarily a guarantee to play in this game. So, you know, I think Debo is going to be big for them. And, you know, look, Eagles defense this year, especially earlier in the year, they've really improved in this area since then. But earlier in the year, not a good tackling team. In fact, they were probably, they were actually PFF's worst graded tackling team at one point since has improved to like their 14th. Um, so certainly something not even that they're amazing at. Certainly have gotten a lot better so I think, you know, they're going to do what they do. They're going to look to get the ball into their skill players' hands and force this Eagles defense to tackle. Yeah, and you look at those skill guys, and you brought a couple of them up there, uh, Brandon, with Debo and McCaffrey, and, and you got Kittle as well. Which one of those guys do you think the Eagles should focus on the most? Which one of them do you think could pose the most problems to this defense? I think, especially when you're talking about the red zone, you know, George Kittle is the guy you kind of have to take away, where seven – of his 11 touchdowns this year have been from Brock Purdy specifically. That seems to be, you know, Brock Purdy's safety blanket, which makes sense. That's what usually you kind of think of a tight end as, especially for, you know, backup quarterback or inexperienced quarterback is that safety option. So especially when you're getting to the red zone, I feel like you have to take him away and almost dare someone else to beat you. I know, again, they have other good skill players who can beat you, but you can't let Purdy have a safety blanket in this game. I would be keying in on George Kittle. Uh, Brandon Lee Gowton joining us now, Eagles reporter, manager, and editor-in-chief, Bleeding Green Nation. And you just brought him up there, uh, Brandon Brock Purdy. And obviously, stepping in has played really well, uh, replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. How much of that do you think is due to his play, and how much of it do you think is a byproduct of playing Kyle Shanahan's system and having such a such a talented supporting cast? Yeah, you know, I think probably both deserve uh, – both factors can be true, but I – I think there's a lot with Brock Purdy where, um, you know, he's kind of been getting fortunate in some ways, not to say he's, he's obviously an awful player or anything. He's, he's had success at this point undefeated. That doesn't happen by accident, but you know, I think you, you have to look at the system considering the success we've seen with Jimmy D and now Brock Purdy. And I also think you have to look at some of the fortune that's on his way. I mean, I, I was watching that Cowboys game. I'm sure like we all were in the, in last week and, I felt like he was begging to give the ball away at points. You know, Trayvon Diggs dropped an interception. Now that was on a tip pass. But that's the thing. Brock Purdy is a small guy. He's going to have some passes that probably get tipped at the line of scrimmage there. So, you know, that's key, obviously. It goes without saying, but being able to take the ball away. And it just feels – another thing with him I noticed in that game is that he holds on to the ball, and that's backed up by the numbers. I think he has something like the 26th fastest release, so not too fast. Um, this season, he's going to hold on to the ball. He's going to give the Eagles chances to get to him and, and get it out. And I feel like the Eagles can certainly do that. Yeah, and and when you look at at 
the defensive approach, I'm sure a lot of it will be centered around uh, trying to get pressure on Brock Purdy, uh, Brandon. And when you look at the Niners' offensive line, where do you think is the best spot to attack? I mean, they, they got Trent Williams and McGlinchey outside at the tackle spot, uh, but do you think Jonathan Gannon will be best served to try to you know do some different things to try to attack the interior of that offensive line? Yeah, anyone who isn't Trent Williams is really a good place to start. Um, even that said, you know, Josh Sweat has obviously had a good year. And I think back to the game he had um, against the Giants earlier this season, uh, and he had that uh, big sack on Daniel Jones early in the game against Andrew Thomas, a very, very good left tackle. So, you know, am I expecting Josh Sweat to dominate that matchup with Trent Williams? No, I'm not. But maybe he gets that one rush that could come in handy, blind side, uh, sack on Brock, Brock Purdy here. But really, you know, I think this is a Hassan Reddick game. I mean, he's been on fire. He's, he's unstoppable, unblockable right now. He only had one and a half, only one and a half sacks against the Giants last weekend. I thought he could have had, easily could have had more. Um, he was regularly getting pressure. He had seven pressures total, I believe, on something like 24 or 26 pass for a snap. So, you know, he's a monster there. And look, you know, McGlinchey, I think, is vulnerable at the right tackle there. So I expect this to be a big, big Hassan Reddick game. Brandon Lee Gowton joining us now covers the Eagles for Bleeding Green Nation. And, uh, Brandon, you look at the other side of the ball, obviously a tremendous performance from the Eagles offense last week against the Giants, 28 points in the first half, um, and really a pretty flawless performance uh, last week from Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni. When you look at this week, going up against that D'Amico Ryans-led defense on San Francisco's side, uh, how do you think the Eagles approach this? Do you think it's more of a passing game plan, or do you think uh, they look to pound the run more to open up this game? Well, I definitely don't think the Eagles should shy away from running the ball. And maybe that sounds crazy against going up against a, a good run defense or best run defense in the NFL in some regards in terms of they're allowing the fewest rushing yards per attempt in the league this season. But, you know, the Eagles once upon a time went up against the number one run-ranked defense with the Saints in both 2020 and 2021. And now the Saints and the 49ers, different team, different personnel. Still, you know, I think there's something to be said for the Eagles being able to run the ball so effectively with how good their trenches are. And, you know, they have certainly fine enough talent at running back to get the job done. So, look, you're not going to come into this game and drop 280 or whatever it was last week against the Giants, but I think you can mix it in. The real vulnerability on this 49ers defense, though, you know, has to be the boundary in terms of they're allowing the six most yards to wide receivers this season. They're allowing the most plays in the NFL uh, passing plays of 50 plus yards, you can hit them with that explosive play. So, you know, I definitely think the users are going to be looking to take their shots. This feels like a big AJ Brown game. AJ Brown dominated them last year when the Titans played the 49ers, and I think they're going to be going to him a lot, especially after he wasn't too involved last week. Yeah, and that, that's one thing I was going to uh, ask you next, Brandon. Obviously, A.J. Brown quiet last week and maybe a little frustrated after the game. Uh, what do you make of that, and do you think this is a situation where they look to, look to feed him early to kind of kind of get him engaged early in this game? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think we've seen that time and time again this season. You know, I'll go all the way back to week one when Devontae Smith um, didn't have any production in that game. And <laughs> the Eagles certainly made it, uh, an effort to get the, the ball to him. Like, I think it was on the first play of that next week against the Vikings in week two. So I expect A.J. Brown to certainly be a focus in this one. And going back and rewatching, you know, A.J. Brown's performance against the 49ers last year when he was on the Titans, I can just really see it on his face. that He was like reveling going against this defense that has a reputation for being very tough. He seemed to really embrace that challenge because for as much credit the 49ers get and deserve for being this physical, hard-hitting, tough defense, 
Adrian Brown's pretty tough too. He's pretty physical as well. So I think he kind of relishes that. And I think he wants to prove he's the tougher alpha dog here. Uh, Brandon Lee Gouton joining us now, Eagles reporter, manager, and editor-in-chief, Bleeding Green Nation. And, Brandon, obviously, you know, one of the big things in in this game is is the coaching matchup and two really well-coached teams. How would you evaluate this matchup with Kyle Shanahan, D'Amico Ryans going up against Sirianni Steichen, and Jonathan Gannon? Uh, Who would you give the edge in the coaching department? Yeah, I think one of the biggest mismatches in the game, potentially, is the coaching edge uh, when it comes to game management specifically, you know, obviously Chicago Shanahan is a great um, coordinator and he has the offense humming relative to the talent level, but um, which is very good to be clear, but still you know, I think he you know, maximizes the quarterback position. But I think that you can count on him turtling up in a key spot. You know, he's going to kick a field goal. He's going to play a conservative. This is what he does. He has a big track record of him doing this specifically in the playoffs. I mean, the 49ers almost didn't get a field goal for the end of the, uh, the half last week uh, because he was coaching way too conservative. So I think there's going to be some game management decisions here that could really end up costing the 49ers their season and some big some points in a critical spot here, whereas I trust Nick Sirianni to be aggressive to go for it because we've seen him do that time and time again. And he's going to give his team an edge. And just because the Eagles go for it doesn't always mean they're going to get it. He's going to go down at, at the very least – if not successful, then he'll go down the swing in a way where he's going to give his team a, a shot at having an edge in this game. So, you know, that's something I, I, I think you can set your watch to. Yeah, Brandon, and, and one more question here for you, man. I mean, how do you see it all playing out on Sunday uh, with the Eagles and Niners? Who do you think comes out on top? It's almost uh, reaching dangerous levels of confidence. I think <laughs> not only me, but around you know, the Philadelphia area here where – I, I think almost everyone thinks the Eagles are beating the 49ers. So there's, there's, maybe there's always that part of you that's like, well, are we overthinking this? Is, is this is this too good to be true? And I don't think it is. I mean, the Eagles have a better quarterback. Now, again, I just talked about how the game management is certainly in their favor. I just think you look at the talent up and down the Eagles roster, or as good as the 49ers roster is, I just think the Eagles still have more. And you know, home field is not insignificant. I was there at the NFC Championship game back in 2017 season, and that press box was shaking with how loud it was in that stadium. Brock Purdy, there's really no track record of him dating back to college, being really super successful on the road. 49ers on the road this season as a whole, not the same team that they were at home. So, you know, I like the Eagles in this matchup. I think they're going to cover the spread. I think they're going to win. There you go. And, and I actually, I lied. I have one more for you here, Brandon. Uh, if, if the Eagles do win, of course, AFC Championship game, Chiefs-Bengals, uh, who do you think would be the better matchup for the Eagles if they do uh, reach Super Bowl 57? <laughs> It's really tempting fate to be like, oh, I want to play Burrow or oh, I want to play Mahomes. But um, to me, I am scared of Joe Burrow. I think he's a killer. I think he's a different kind of different level kind of player that I don't want anything uh, to do with. And I know that's dangerous game asking for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But hey, maybe Andy messes something up. Maybe Mahomes, that ankle kind of is you know nagging him to some extent, or could get worse. Uh, I'll, I'll take my chances with them. Well, that's Brandon Lee Gowton, uh, Eagles reporter, manager, and editor-in-chief, Bleeding Green Nation. You can find him at Brandon Gowton on Twitter. And uh, make sure you follow him, Brandon. I'm sure a lot of coverage uh, of championship weekend coming up. Thanks. Yep. Uh, that's Brandon Lee Gowton. And uh, appreciate him hopping on for a few minutes um, and uh, breaking it all down. But it should be an interesting weekend. And, uh, you know, 
should be should be really good football all around. Uh, if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. But I did want to touch on one thing that we were talking about a little earlier on uh, in the in the interview in the interview with Brandon there, and it really is incredible. As the Eagles would get Avante Maddox back this weekend, um, you know, all twenty-two of the Eagles starters on the field, and I mean they deserve credit for it. Uh, they really do. And I'm not going to tell you that luck doesn't go into it. Obviously, when you talk about something like like health, you can't just you know. You can't just say that this is all byproduct of what the Eagles have done. And it's not just all byproduct of, of, of the changes that they have made here. But it's got to be part of it. And, and I just think back to 2017, but really it was 2018-2019, that I feel like a huge part of the story um, was, you know, this team and how many players they had out. You know, how many guys that they were missing come these big games uh, at the end of the season and they're entering the playoffs and they're playing all these backups. And I remember, I mean, countless shows and countless stories about, oh, well, you know, this is the, the Eagles don't know how to take care of their players. And this comes down to how they're managing these guys and they're doing something wrong. Well, if that's going to be the storyline when they're missing guys at the end of the season, then don't they deserve a, a level of credit? For that changing, like, they'll, don't they deserve a level of credit for these guys being healthy now when it matters? And I think they deserve a, a lot of credit for that. And if you want to get in 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494, do you give the Eagles credit for all their players being healthy at the end of the season? Again, I understand that luck plays into it. But, like, I will go insane at this point. If we're sitting here next August – and I don't care if any if anybody tries to make the argument that the Eagles need to play guys in the preseason and that these guys need preseason snaps, I'm my head might actually explode. Like, it might actually physically explode, considering what we've seen this year. Like, that argument should be done forever as far as I'm concerned. Like, Tucker, I don't know how you feel about it. But, like, doesn't this put an end to the argument that guys need preseason play, considering how the Eagles season started, considering how healthy this team is, part of it's luck, but, I mean, I don't think there's any benefit to the other side of things here. Yeah, I mean, I was someone, and I'll fully admit, I was worried about them not playing in the preseason and them not getting snaps, but I also think this is a special case because of just the continuity the Eagles had from 2021 to this season, right? If you're a coach, if you go back to, you know, the the previous year, the Eagles started sloppy, and... If Jalen Hurts is learning a new offense and you have a new coaching system and you have six, seven, eight new starters on one unit, I think my opinion on that changes a bit to where I, I do want reps. I do want guys to be more comfortable and more prepared for week one. But for a team like this who has a lot of guys who have been around quite a while, I mean, what's a preseason game going to teach Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata at this right. point, right? Like, what's it going to teach Jalen Hurts next season when he's going to his third season in the same exact offense? I think at that point, then, it does become a little silly and a little, a little, I don't know, irrelevant to, to their success on the field. Yeah, and the most important thing is health. Like, the most important thing is that you have your guys healthy when it matters. And the Eagles, you know, and again— you know, part of it comes down to the sports science stuff. Part of it comes down to what they've done as an organization. Part of it comes down to, to luck. I mean, there is an aspect of that. Like, you can't control if a guy, you know, gets gets injured all the time. 
But you're being naive and you're being, I think, willfully ignorant if you don't give the Eagles, you don't give Howie and Jeffrey Lurie and all the work that they put in some level of credit for these guys staying as healthy as they have stayed. And that's the biggest key to winning in the playoffs. That's what's, you know, the biggest factor in you being able to succeed at this point in the season. You want as many guys as possible to be healthy and ready to go. And that was a big storyline in 18, a big storyline in 19, and a big storyline in the Super Bowl year, is why can the Eagles not keep their guys healthy? They have found a way to be remarkably healthy this year, and they deserve credit for that, and it's another big reason why I think they're going to win this game. I mean, getting Avante Maddox back for this game, specifically in this matchup, is really important. With those weapons that the 49ers have to deploy, they're going to look to get man coverage. You're going to need all of your best defensive backs in the field, and getting Avante Maddox back is a really big deal. And thankfully, uh, the Eagles have, have maintained very good health throughout the course of this season. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. When we get back, I wanted to play the Eagles hype video for you here. And um, I, I, I wanted to run something, something by the audience here that I don't think will be very popular, that I don't necessarily agree with. But a take that's out there regarding the hype video um, that I don't agree with, but some people are are, are being critical of it. And I'll uh, get further into that when we return. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a... Um, on a Friday night, it is Friday. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Obviously breaking down every aspect of this Eagles-Niners NFC Championship game. I think the Eagles are going to win, and I think the, the disparity quarterback is just too much for the 49ers to make up here. I, I don't think it's going to be a situation where they are able to – to overcome the massive disparity at the quarterback position, the the gulf that exists between Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy is a huge one. Brock Purdy is, has done a tremendous job since coming in. He's done a good job managing the offense, doing what Kyle Shanahan's asked him to do. But I think this is where, you know, there, there always is that moment where a young quarterback like this, you know, they just get in a situation that's too big for them. And I think that moment is arriving for Brock Purdy on Sunday afternoon. And if you want to get in 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494, I just don't see uh, any way that the Eagles uh, lose this game. But there's no doubt people are, are, are getting excited for this matchup. And, and you know, that kind of um, – that, 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 that intensity is starting to build for this game. And the Eagles released a hype video – on Fridays, they typically do going into a playoff weekend uh, that is getting people all sorts of fired up. And I want to play that for you now. Here's the Eagles hype video narrated uh, by the great Brian Dawkins. It's understood. It's understood. It's understood who we are. It's understood what we work for. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have to give y'all no, no rah-rah speech. Everything is in front of me. Yeah, you heard him. You heard what he said. Philly don't need no rah-rah speeches. We don't need to be told how to get crunk and when to show up. We all know what's at stake. This is our house. What say you, Nick? How we about to climb this mountain? Together, 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 together. 
That's what I'm talking about. We don't need to talk leadership. We live it. We know what our thoughts are on. Woo! It's about heart. It's about passion and desire. Let's go! We have fully defined our dog mentality. We know when this city wants something, they'll do whatever it takes. They won't be denied. Stop killing them! When you're starving for something so doggone much, I ain't hungry. I'm starving for this shit. A brick wall can't hold you back. Their end zone is our playground. Our dreams are their nightmares. We don't need no rah-rah speech. Don't need no rah-rah speech. Cause it's a Philly thing. You take everybody, you know? Take everybody. We gonna ride together, we gonna put the show out. Let's go. But there it was. That was the Eagles hype video narrated by Brian Dawkins. I personally loved it. I thought it was great. And I thought the Eagles, the Eagles always do a tremendous job with this stuff. There's no doubt about that. But I wanted to run this take by the audience here um, because uh, this apparently isn't unanimous amongst people that I've been talking to. Um that this is something that they like. They I, I heard a take uh on uh Friday um and speaking to people, somebody I spoke to gave this take that, that they think the Brian Dawkins thing has been played out. They think that Brian Dawkins needs to go to the the back burner a little bit here. I disagree. I think you can trot Brian Dawkins out. You can trot him out as much as you can. Like he's like the Allen Iverson of the Eagles. Like I don't think AI with the Sixers that's the one guy that never gets old. Like that like that never gets old. You can try to AI out a billion times and the crowd's going to go nuts every single time. Brian Dawkins same thing. Brian Dawkins now an honorary captain. Um and I think it's going to fire the crowd up, but this th- these people that I was speaking to said that they didn't think that Brian Dawkins like they think the, the Dawkins thing's kind of overdone. What is your take on that, Tucker? Yeah, I mean, I, I heard through the grapevine that you know, the, the captain somewhere on Sunday would be like a hard-hitting safety. And immediately I was like, well, it has to be Brian Dawkins. Oh, Malcolm Jenkins. Andrew Sandejo's uh, schedule cleared up and maybe they could get him. But Andrew Sandejo. I agree with you. Like, he is kind of the face of that team in that era. And I think he's the one person that gets people excited. And I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, but doesn't it kind of feel like this is his last run as the team's mascot? Because as soon as Jason Kelsey retires, he's going to take over that spot, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I think without a doubt he'll, he'll take over that spot. And, you know, I, I I just don't think, like, I don't know. There are certain guys who, and I get that, that the same thing kind of gets played out. I don't think that ever happens with Brian Dawkins. I think Brian Dawkins always, the crowd's always going to go nuts for him. You know, they always will. Yeah, I just think he's beloved, and I don't know. I, I have yet to see anybody get tired of him. Yeah, I mean, now if you were to, I would be excited, but if you were to trot Donovan out on Sunday, I don't think you'd get that same kind of reaction. Donovan would, you know, he'd go on the field and he'd be awkward about it, and and you know, do he do? He would make weird. it about himself. Yeah, he would. he one hundred percent would make it about himself. And I I don't know, Tucker. I don't believe I was talking about this with you last week. It might have been with with Dan on my overnight show. But if the Eagles were to play Andy Reid in the Super Bowl, there's no doubt Donovan Donovan's rooting against the Eagles, right? Like, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. Oh, it has to be. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt that Donovan would be rooting against the Eagles um, because he's an Andy Reid guy. And 
I still, I don't know. And I love Donovan, but I do think there's a little part of Donovan, maybe a big part of Donovan, that doesn't really want the Eagles to succeed without him. I, I do think that's true. I do think there's a lot of jealousy there. Yeah. And was he kind of right about Carson Wentz? Yeah, but I do think a lot of his feelings about Carson Wentz and about the, the current team do stem from a place of, of a little jealousy. Yeah. Because these teams have been embraced in a way that, quite frankly, he never was. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But Brian Dawkins, uh, you know, very excited for that on Sunday, and I think uh, he'll fire the crowd up appropriately. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Jake in King of Prussia. What's happening, Jake? Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Doing well. I'm uh, I'm psyched for the game Sunday. Um, on your point about Brian Dawkins, uh, I, I would also agree a little bit. You know, I think growing up, that was my guy that I kind of looked after when I played football, and I kind of had his mentality. Going into the games, I think, I think on Sunday, we have to have that kind of violent mentality that beat-off brings. And I think he will always be the face of the Eagles in terms of that intensity. Um, I just think he'll never get old personally as a fan, um, just, just watching him growing up. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm just super excited to, to see the atmosphere. Unfortunately, I won't be going to the game, but I can't wait to see how, how the link's going to be. Yeah, I mean, Jake, it's, it's going to be – I mean, I, I think there's no doubt. It's going to be – it's going to be insane. The crowd's going to be going nuts. And, you know, you hope the Eagles can come out and set the tone early, whether that's getting the ball and going down and scoring or, or, or you know, being able to get a stop immediately or a turnover. I think the way this game starts is, is going to tell you a lot. Yeah, and, and to that point, as you said, like, I, I, Brock Purdy being the rookie that he is and coming into this atmosphere, I know it's kind of beating a dead horse at this point, but, you know, we've been saying on the show how – intense it needs to be to start off and with that I think our track record of deferring and and kind of giving the ball off at at the start I think whether we do that or not you know if we do give the ball away the link's going to be so crazy and it's going to get into Brock Purdy's head no matter what and and I think with that intensity it's just going to totally change the game and and everyone says on national television how intense and hostile the environment is. But this kid, this kid has no idea what he's coming into. And I think with that intensity, if we keep it up and the fans are going nuts, if we get a three and out on the first drive, I don't want to say it, but the game could be over after the first drive based off of that, you know? Yeah, no, no, Jake, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. And, um, you know, I don't know about the first drive the game would be over, but I think I think this game could go downhill for the 49ers very quickly. Like, and, and that's the thing. Like, this, the start of this game, I think, for San Francisco is critically important. They cannot allow things to go poorly early. And, you know, you can say that's why you don't defer, that's why you take the ball. No, I think you need to have, you need to have faith in your defense. Like, I want the ball at halftime. Give them the ball. Set the tone that your rookie quarterback is not going to do anything against our defense. Like, we are going to shut him down. We're not worried about giving you the ball. We're not worried about you going down and scoring right away. And we're not worried about that momentum. Like, I think that can set a tone as well. Like, people act like the only way you can set the tone to start a game is to take the ball and go right down and score. 
I disagree. I think you can also set the tone by deferring, saying, we are not worried about your offense. We are not worried about you going down the field and scoring. We'll give you the ball. We'll make you go three and out, and we'll get the ball anyway, and we'll go down and score. That's what the Eagles should do. Um, you know, defer, put Brock Purdy on the field. That crowd's going to be going insane uh, and, and get a stop right away and really set the tone that this is going to be the end of, of his Cinderella story. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Want your predictions. Want your thoughts. I think the Eagles win. I think the Eagles win big. Um, and I think Brock Purdy has a really, really rude awakening at the link on Sunday. So if you want to get in, you're welcome to. And when we get back, I did want to touch on a, uh, maybe the only Eagles player that I was disappointed in last week. And it wasn't anything that he did during the game. Um on the field, nothing performance-wise, but but his attitude, which I think really needs to change uh, at this point, and we'll get to that when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Friday night leading into championship weekend. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. And one thing that... I did just want to gauge with the fan base here, and it's something that that Tucker and I were talking about a little bit off the air earlier, and I was talking about with uh, our buddy Phil Casey uh, over at KYW a little bit earlier as well, is I- I'm interested to get people's perspective on your emotions heading into this game. Because, you know, I'm excited for it, no doubt about it. I mean, you- you're always fired up for a championship game and, and that kind of-, of thing. But I do wonder... If people's emotions are still the same as they would have been, you know, five years ago, because I I do think there is a there's something that I can't even really put my finger on, you know, there's something that I can't even really quite, you know, f- figure out completely, but it's not exactly the same, and I don't know if it's just because you've won one before. I think this whole season has been a little weird, you know, it it had this weird feeling where the season didn't even really. I feel like truly start until midway through because we were so wrapped up in this Phillies run. And, you know, the Phillies had been playing deep into November for the first time in, what, 14 years. I feel like it is just a little different. Like, and it's not necessarily worse. It's not that people aren't as excited. But have you sensed the same thing, Tucker? That it's just, it's just a little different different than it was like the 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 starving hunger that we had five years ago I don't know if that is there to the same degree that it used to be yeah I, I just think that fervor's turned down a little bit and I mean I don't think people aren't excited I mean we had a huge pep rally down right. at, at Chickies and Pete's tonight and the place was you know busting at the seams and they got Angelo to come out and give a pump-up speech to everybody so I, I think people still are excited but I do think Winning the Super Bowl in 2017 kind of let people take a deep breath. Like, I don't think winning this game on on Sunday, and I do think people will be incredibly upset if you lose to Brock Purdy in the NFC title game at home, but I don't think it'll leave a bruise as big as when they lost to Carolina or when they lost to Tampa Bay or even when they lost to Arizona. I do think winning the Super Bowl made this a little bit less than a matter of life and death for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think that's just kind of the the, the nature of it. And if you want to get into 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. I mean, obviously, we're all jacked up. Like, I'm 
pretty damn excited for this game on Sunday. But I do feel that it's just a, it's just different. It's just different than it was prior to winning the Super Bowl. And I think that that's you know just the nature of it. Like you win a Super Bowl, and we had been craving that for so long. You know that had been the end goal, the 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 really end all be all for this city for forever. And once you get that, I do think it's just it's just a little different. Not that people don't care, obviously. Obviously, a lot of people care, and, and I'm pretty damn excited for it. But I do think it's just a little different, if that makes any kind of sense to you. 215-592-9494, if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Um, but one thing that is going to be interesting about this game as we look ahead to Sunday, and that I'm interested in, is how the Eagles manage this thing on offense and how they utilize A.J. Brown. We talked to Brandon Lee Gowton a little bit earlier, and Brandon thinks this is going to be a big game for A.J. Brown. When you look at the 49ers, and the Niners don't have, like, a shutdown corner. Charverius Ward, their top corner, he's good. He's not a guy who you would necessarily look at and say he's a shutdown guy. Like, he's the third best corner in this game. He's not as good as Darius Slay. He's not as good as James Bradbury. And, you know, I would hope that the Eagles look to get A.J. Brown involved. I'd hope they look to get him the ball, you know, and 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 feature him. But I got to say, I wasn't pleased with what we saw from A.J. Brown last week. And two catches, 17 yards, whatever, that's fine. I don't care about his numbers. That stuff doesn't matter. The Eagles had a productive offensive game. That's all that really matters. But I was bothered a little bit by A.J. Brown and the way he was acting after a 38-7 to victory. Here was A.J. Uh, talking earlier this week to the media about what at least appeared to be frustration with not getting the ball more in that game. I really believe in myself. I believe in my work, the work that I put in through the week. And I feel like whatever I do is going to work, you know. It, it may not work, but I feel like it's going to work, you know. And I really believe in myself. And like I said, I feel like I can take over the game whenever, you know, I get a, I get the opportunity. So, of course, I want the ball. I crave the ball. And uh, so that's pretty much as, as much as I can sum it up. And I get that. I, A.J. Brown should want the ball. Like, he should believe in himself, no doubt. Um, but, you know, when the Eagles are doing something that's working, that shouldn't be the focus. Here was more from AJ on uh, on on the media and the questions uh, about that incident. I like how y'all just spent all those questions back to the same question. Uh, it's, it's just not nothing to worry about. Like I said, I'm focused on this week. Uh, we and um, I'm ready to go. No injury. I'm just ready to go. That's all y'all need to worry about. And again, like I understand that that's part of the nature of that position. Like you bring in a top receiver. That that's part of what goes along with it. We've seen it over the course of of time with T.O. We've seen it with Deshaun Jackson. You know, we we've seen it in other places. Top receivers want the football, and when they don't get the football, they're going to be frustrated. I get that, but not right now, man. Like we don't need that kind of thing seeping in right now. And I A.J. Brown, there's no doubt, it's been a home run of a trade. He's been great for the Eagles this year, and I think that was one of the best moves Howie Roseman made in an offseason of of tremendous moves across the board. But I don't like the reaction at this point. I mean, you're talking about the divisional round playoffs. Your team just went 138-7. I get you want the ball. Like, I understand you want to be involved. But that cannot be, like, your main takeaway. Like, that cannot be your main focus at the end of the game. And this has kind of become a little bit of a thing with A.J. Brown now, you know, after every game the Eagles have lost this year, 
because I remember he wasn't in a very good mood after the Eagles lost the Commanders, and, and he seemed pretty frustrated and, and said, you know, I'm glad we, you know, more or less, that it was a good thing for us to lose that game. He After the Saints game, I didn't like the way he basically threw Gardner Minshew under the bus when we knew that, let's face it, we knew Gardner Minshew was going to take the majority of the blame for that loss. A.J. Brown's not a dumb guy. He knew that Gardner Minshew was going to take the majority of blame for that loss, and what did he do? He threw Minshew under the bus for that pick six uh, that Marshawn Lattimore was able to get. It's a bad look, and I don't. You don't need this at this point in the year. And I don't know. There's there's a little bit of sore loser in AJ Brown that I haven't liked this year. And going into the championship game, like because uh, we know how Nick Sirianni is as a coach, and I don't think Nick Sirianni will do this. But Nick Sirianni, you know, he does like to be popular in the locker room. He does like to keep his players happy. I really hope he doesn't make it, like, his focal point of the offense to, like, need to feed A.J. Brown to keep him happy to start this game. Like, you need to worry about your team's success. At this point in the year, it's not about numbers, dude. Like, if you're putting up big numbers and you're having a huge game and the Eagles win, that's great. But if you go 2-for-17 again and you're going to the Super Bowl, you got to be happy with that. Like, you can't be looking at it in such a selfish way at this point in the year. And, yeah, I mean, A.J. Brown, I don't care about his numbers. I don't care about his activity. You know, he's going to pose a threat, and he helped this team last week. And that's what he needs to understand, is that just by your presence being out there, you're helping guys. Like, you're helping the offense. You're helping Devontae Smith get open for that deep pass to start the game. You're helping the run game because of what they need to to – to roll coverages your way and account for you on the field. But I thought that was a bad look from A.J. Brown, especially in the playoffs. That can't be your focus. you got to be focused on the team. you got to be focused on the goal at hand. And the only goal should be winning at this point. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly. Two hours down, two to go right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Friday night, taking you up till 2 a.m. Oh, man, I can't wait until, what, like 145, 150 tonight uh, when we speak to Steve Trevelisse. I, and now I know – Francisco Francisco Rojas now taking over as producer. I know why uh I know why Trev was so, you know, okay with oh we you know, we'll just we just won't do the bet. You know, we, we I was gonna ask, you guys didn't do a bet. We didn't end up doing a bet. I I, I we, we didn't end up connecting on Saturday. But I don't know. I, I got the sense last week at the end of the show that Trev didn't seem that interested. Yeah, he knew. Because he, he knew. He knew. He knew. He knew. He knew. It's soft. We'll we'll talk to him about it. Yeah, so we'll talk to Trev a little later on about the beatdown that the Eagles put on the Giants uh, last week. But now, previewing Eagles 49ers NFC Championship game, we're now just under 41 hours away from kickoff at the link on Sunday afternoon. And, you know, when we look at this, and we talked about it all week, I made my prediction early in the week. I like the Eagles 34-13, to and the answer is simple. And, and talked about it last night as well, but again, like, hate to sound like a broken record on this here. But it comes down to the quarterbacks. These teams, talent-wise, are very, very even in most areas. Up front, I think you probably give the Eagles a, a slight advantage on both lines of scrimmage. Um, you know, uh, talent-wise, though, these teams are, are very good. They're very well coached. What is the big difference? What is the one area 
where one team has a significantly better player, where one team has a significant advantage over the other. It's quarterback. The Eagles have a much better quarterback than the San Francisco 49ers do. Brock Purdy's done very well. He has had a, a, a very good couple months stepping in for Jimmy Garoppolo. But he is not one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL as the other three quarterbacks playing this week are. Like, you look at the MVP votes, they're going to go one, two, three. No matter which way you order them, Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, they're going to finish one, two, three in the MVP voting. Brock Purdy is the one that doesn't belong in this conversation. Brock Purdy is the one that doesn't belong in this group with these other guys. And he will not perform well on Sunday. I have just no doubts about it. Brock Purdy will struggle in this environment. He will struggle with the moment. And I know he believes he's ready. And here was Brock Purdy, you know, talking a little bit about uh, why he believes he's ready uh, because of, of one of the games he had earlier this year. You know, when we played Seattle that week and everything, he, he did say it was a good preparation for what or what we might have to, you know, play in in terms of the playoffs, you know, going on the road for road games and obviously for Philadelphia. Um, and it's just every like everything, you know, in, the, in these kind of games is all about communication. How can you operate smoothly, get, get in and out of the huddle, get the playoff in the right way, make sure everyone's on the same page. So that's definitely a big uh, emphasis this week. And I know Seattle's loud. I know it was a primetime game and, and he played pretty well and the Niners won. Not anything like what it's going to be like here. And Fletcher Cox talked about it a little bit as well. Here's Fletcher on what he's been telling some of his Eagles teammates who, who haven't experienced the link for a conference championship game uh, prior to Sunday. If you think the stadium was loud last week, you know, just wait until Sunday. Um, we got to keep the crowd in it um, the, the entire game because we're going to need it. Um, and uh, we are looking forward to it because at this, if the crowd is loud, they got to go, you know, silence cadence the whole time. And, and that's what we want, right? Uh, we want to. We wanted them to not be able to, hear to get their calls in and get their checks in, um, and that's the advantage of playing in Philly. And, you know, I just think back to five years ago and being at the link for that NFC Championship game against the Minnesota Vikings, and it was absolutely insane. And here was Jonathan Gannon, who was on the other sideline, on that Vikings coaching staff, talking about what it was like being there as an opponent. In warm-ups, a guy that I was, you know, coaching, he looked at me with a look in his eye like, whoa, you know, Harrison Smith. And I, I said, whoa, back. Like, it, you could feel the energy, and it's, it's awesome. I mean, this is one of the best uh, atmospheres that you're going to get in the National Football League. And it is, and I don't think it's something that Brock Purdy's ready for. I don't think he's going to perform well in this environment. And if you want to get in, 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494. And, you know, it's not even just Brock Purdy. I think this whole situation, this whole storyline, I think it's really seeped into the heads of the 49ers, you know, locker room here. And when you hear that Kyle Shanahan is coming out uh, you know, in that locker room and showing that team videos of 20 years ago and what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did and coming into Veteran Stadium and shutting Veteran Stadium down by beating the Eagles in that game. I mean, that just shows, like, this is something the Niners have made a big deal about this week is we're coming into this environment. If I was Kyle Shanahan, I'd be trying to tell them, like, you know, this is just another game. Like, it'll be loud. Yeah, it'll be different. But that's not something we're going to overly focus on. This is obviously something that is taking a lot of time and a lot of attention from that 49ers locker room 
I don't think they're going to respond well in it, and I don't think especially, I don't think Brock Purdy is going to have success as well. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. What's your predictions and your thoughts on the 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy, whether you think he's going to have success, whether you think he's going to be able to handle this fan base on Sunday afternoon. Uh, you're welcome to do that as well. Let's go back to the phones. Go to Mike in the Northeast. What's up, Mike? Hey, Tom, thanks for taking my call. No I, I think it's just been like a, a lifelong Eagles thing just to be disrespected by all the other, you know, fan bases and teams. Like the fact that you're going to take a, a triple backup with nine wins and bring him, that, you know, with Debo Samuel tweeting that, you know, nothing's louder than 49 Stadium. 49ers, which is a, uh, you know, a uh, transplant team at this point you know trying to come into the Eagles stadium you know now as someone who was there for the Vikings you know Eagles um uh NFC championship there's nothing you'll hear and as an equipment operator someone who's in Afghanistan for three tours there's nothing you will hear louder than uh NFC championship in the link like the place vibrates and the fact that they think they're going to come into the stadium and do it nine win quarterback and you know, oh, but let's pick up McCaffrey and not use him like a you know a bunch of scumbags. Like they think they're going to do anything. Our de- best defense in in the world ever. You know, front four. You know, what other team has has had a defensive line with that many sacks ever, other than the you know the Eagles? You know, I just don't think that they stand a chance. I think it's going to be thirty five thirteen Eagles. I think it's going to be an embarrassment. You know. Sorry, Purdy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, Mike. And I think uh, I, I think similarly. I think the Eagles are going to dominate this game. And and I, I just I don't think the 49ers truly know. Like they can think they know what they're walking into. I don't think they really know what they're walking. No, into. they have no idea what they're walking into. I'm more worried about Burrow. Like I'd rather have Reed and uh, you know Mahomes, and I'm worried about Burrow. That's what everyone should be worried about. Not not the 49ers. Like let's be honest, they barely beat the the Cowboys last week. Like, yeah. No, I'm with you, Mike. I, I'm with you, and I appreciate the call. And, and yeah, I mean, and that's interesting, though. And we'll talk about the other game later. But I heard uh, Joe Giglio mention this earlier on his show. I mean, this – and he made a good point. Like, this is the first game – when you look at the AFC Championship game, just to look for a second at that other game. Francisco, is this the first time since Patrick Mahomes played Tom Brady in the 2018 AFC Championship game that we're going into a game – and we don't, we can't definitively say that Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. Like I think this is the first time since then, like four years ago, that we're looking at it, and we can't. Like I don't know, Pat, Joe Burrow might be better than Patrick Mahomes. He might be. Uh, I don't know about that yet. Uh, I mean, See, I mean, if he beats him, yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah. I know Burrow's Burrow's really good. Burrow, I think Burrow doesn't get. I, I think he's getting the respect now, but um, I don't know, man. Mahomes has done it five years straight. I'm a big resume guy. I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll see. But but yeah, this is this is definitely the first time in a while that Mahomes would probably be challenged as the better QB in the game. But I still I would still take Mahomes with slight edge. Well, I think we well Francisco. I know how you make these determinations. What you need to do. Go look at the go look at the the, the all the all the, the PFF numbers. numbers. Yeah, right, yes, right. exactly. Let me. Uh, I'll, yeah, go. 
right. and then come back to me, and then you'll be able to tell me who's better because that's how you that that's how you make your right. That's your that's your and then you know you with your Reese Hoskins eye test, yeah. right? That's it. That's how you make your determination. So yeah, go go look at your PFF stats, and then you come back. <laughs> then you come back to me and tell me who you think is the better quarterback. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to uh, Ray in Morristown. What's up, Ray? Hey, how you doing, Tom? Good man. How are you? Listen, I just you know. I love the dominance of the Eagles this year. You know, it was apparent by week four that this team could just beat you any way they wanted to. And I, I love that dominance. But I want to just ask, in the beginning of the season when A.J. Brown was getting a lot of the receptions and then uh, Devontae, was, he was upset, you know. So then they had to start, you know, tailoring some games to you know, pacify him. Yeah, I mean, I wonder Ray, if the thing is too much star power. Yeah, Ray, I, I don't think that that that's a huge I- issue. I mean, I think with receivers, it's the nature of of the business that you're going to want the ball, and I get that's going to be something that you battle with, you grapple with throughout the course of the season. My problem with AJ is that it can't be happening now. Like in the playoffs, it's all hands on deck. It it was Devontae's game last Saturday. Maybe it'll be your game this Sunday. But at this point, oh, it, it's got to be about it's it's got to be about wins and, and nothing else. That's the problem that I had. If he gets upset after a regular season game, that's a little bit different. You can't be getting upset in a game where your team won thirty eight to seven. I wonder did did you see the part? You know, uh, I watched the game live. Sirianni had gone went over to the bench. He had his hand kind of on his head he was speaking to him i noticed at the end of the shot he actually jerked away from sirianni did you catch that i did not i did not catch that no yeah so i i I took a little bit more from it than even probably what was you know discussed to face value i'm just thinking like okay this player was very upset to the extent where he actually jerked away from his coach you know so the body language on top of it but i'm just wondering we, we love the success of these teams, but oftentimes with Eagles football, we have never seen uh, a, a team that's just just chock full of dominant players. And I just wonder, is there such a thing as too many stars, where there's so many stars that everybody wants to be the Cadillac, everybody wants to be the big show. And I just wonder, you know, it, it, it looks almost reminiscent of uh, the Los Angeles Rams, and we know what happened to them this year. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, Ray, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. I mean, I, I I think it's a little premature to be worried about that yet. Like, and I don't honestly, I don't think this has been like a significant problem for the Eagles this year. Like, I can't remember a ton of instances in which you have players grumbling and and coming out publicly and talking about I'm not getting the ball enough. I don't think that's really been an issue. Like, maybe Devontae early in the year. Um, but I, I didn't even think that was really an issue. I mean, Devontae had a big game against Washington in week three, so I didn't think that was really a, a problem. My problem with A.J. Brown is that this is becoming a little bit of a trend. First of all, can't happen after a playoff game in which you win 38-7. to Like, I, I get you want the ball. Some nights it's just not going to be your night. And let's face it, the Eagles didn't need A.J. Brown last Saturday night. His presence on the field, he's got to understand, his presence on the field is helping the team. Even though he is not making plays and putting up numbers per se, and I know he wants to do that, I know that's the nature of that position, but you're helping the team. you got to be satisfied with that. But this is becoming a trend when, you know, I didn't like what A.J. Brown did after the Saints game. Like, I did not like the way he came out and threw Gardner Minshew under the bus when we knew Gardner Minshew was going to 
you know, get get crushed for that game, considering Jalen was out, considering that was an opportunity for the Eagles to clinch home field, and Gardner Minshew just didn't get the job done, you knew he was already going to get the bulk of the blame, and A.J. Brown piled on, you know, basically saying, yeah, he he did screw up on that interception. You know, and, and this is the kind of stuff you just don't want to see. And it does make me question long-term, and I'm not saying that the Eagles – shouldn't have done the trade, obviously. I mean, A.J. Brown's a great player. But it does make you wonder a little bit, like, why was a team like Tennessee willing to trade this guy? Because he is so dynamic. Because he is so talented. And it, it it's something that long-term, I really hope, does not become, you know, an issue with A.J. Brown. I know receivers want the ball. I get that's a part of it. But, man, you got to be a better teammate, especially in a game where your team wins so convincingly. There shouldn't be conflicting emotions at the end of that game. Uh, let's go to uh, Alex. What's up, Alex? Hey, what's up, Tom? How you doing, man? I'm good. I mean, I'm I'm with you, man. I, I really don't see, like, how the Eagles lose this game. I feel like we've been hurt so many times as Eagles fans. We're just ready to kind of throw in the towel at the first sign of any adversity. But this team, this San Francisco team struggled against the Cowboys – with home field, like, I I just don't see them coming into the link. This defense is different, you know? Like, this team is different. This team is way better than the Cowboys were. And that was a close game. I, I mean, the only place I maybe give them the edge is at running back. I think Christian McCaffrey is obviously a great running back. He's very dynamic. You know, Miles Sanders has made some strides, but he, he's definitely not there. But – Otherwise, I, I don't see this game getting that close. I feel like it might be 27-10, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I th- Alex, I think there are a couple other positions. Like, I would give the Niners the edge at linebacker. I mean, because they have a guy yeah, like Fred Warner. He's he's a tremendous player. Warner. I'd give them yeah. the, edge at, the edge at tight end as well. I mean, Dallas Goddard's great. George Kittle, I think, is, is probably, I don't know, the second – or third best tight end in football. So I'd probably give them the edge there, but I'm with you everywhere else. uh, I still think the Eagles have the superior talent. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, the place where it matters the absolute most, you're talking about the manager of the game, the guy who's got the ball in his hands, every single play, the quarterback, it's not even close. I mean, you can't even make an argument for Purdy over it. And he's played great, you know, as a rookie quarterback, but Jalen Hurts is just a whole nother league. He can just do everything, and the guy does not make mistakes. So I, I think we're going to get to Purdy a lot. I see us getting six, seven sacks maybe. I think that forces a few other issues for him, maybe an interception or two. And the turnovers are going to just make it insurmountable for them by the second half of the game. I, I just don't see them coming back. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Alex, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. And, yeah, I think that's – that's when you look at it, really, the, the big story here. And I think, you know, when you look at that game last week, and, and like like the last caller said, you know, Jalen Hurts isn't going to make those mistakes. And you watch that game last week. If Dak Prescott does not turn the football over, I think the Dallas Cowboys win that game. Like, like the difference in that game was that Dak Prescott turned the football over. I have supreme confidence that Jalen Hurts will not turn the football over in this game. The Jalen Hurts will not make mistakes. And that kind of stuff, like, and I, I think also Jalen will make plays as well. But, like, it's so reassuring when you have a quarterback who you can just count on. Like, you can just count on this guy's going to do the right thing. He's not going to make a dumb play. You know, he's going to be composed. And it's the thing about Jalen Hurts 
that has struck me all season long is his composure and his calm in every type of situation. And more than any, the game where it really struck me of how just relaxed in every situation this guy is was the end of that Indianapolis game where the Eagles are down 16-10. And let's face it, the offense, for the most part, was brutal that day. Like, they didn't do a whole lot. It was one of the, honestly, one of the worst games the Eagles played all year offensively. And they come out for that final drive after scoring 10 points throughout the course of the game. And, I mean, Jalen Hurts was as calm as could be. You know, he was he was so relaxed, almost knowing, like, he's going to find a way to take this down team down the field. They're going to find a way to win this football game. And I'm extremely confident that, you know, he is going to maintain that on Sunday. I don't think he's going to let the moment get to him. Um, he's been in, in big games, and I think, obviously, we talked about it before, like being in college, playing in big games in college, I do think it's different than playing big games in the NFL but not necessarily when you talk about the games Jalen Hurts has played in college. Like, Brock Purdy's played in, in big games. Jalen Hurts has played in championship games. Jalen Hurts has played in, in college football playoff games. Jalen Hurts has played against the best of the best. Like, he played against Deshaun Watson in a championship game. He played against, you know, Joe Burrow in a playoff game in, in college. Like, Jalen Hurts has been in these types of situations before, and I don't worry about him in that moment. I think Brock Purdy is walking into a, a different situation, though. Like, he's coming to a hostile environment. He has never played in a game anywhere near this type of significance. And maybe I'm underrating him, but I just do not think he is going to perform well in this environment on Sunday. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Everybody on hold. Promise I'll get to you in the next segment. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Friday night. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Friday night getting ready for Eagles Niners. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. We'll get back to the phones in one second here, but I did want to start looking at some over-unders. We did this last week, and, you know, kind of fun stuff to look at. So I'll bounce some of these off you, Francisco. What do you you think on some of these? Christian McCaffrey, the over-under for rushing yards for him right now at 58-and-a-half. That honestly, I wouldn't feel great about that either way. What do you think of 58 and a half rushing yards, not taking his receiving yards into account? I, I'd go, I'd go over. I wouldn't go like crazy over, but I would go slightly over. I, I'd feel sort of confident in that. Yeah, that one's kind of tough. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd, I'd go on that either way. And the goal is by the end of the show, I want to put together a same game parlay that we can throw out to the audience. But this one, I do feel good about. Miles Sanders, over under 49 and a half yards rushing. I like the over on that. I like Sanders going over. Yeah, as long as they don't you know, decide to give him the ball with five minutes remaining in the second quarter. Yeah, I'd 100% put, right. put money on that. Yeah, I, so, so that'll be one leg of our parlay, and I'll keep track of these by the end of the show. But what do you think of this one? Debo Samuel rushing yards, 22 and a half, over or under, I actually like the over on that. I, I think they're going to look to give Debo the ball. I think it's going to be a game where he maybe runs the ball more than more than catches the ball. I like the over on twenty two and a half for him. Yeah, and especially like he's an X factor for them. I, I would doubt they wouldn't try to use him in all facets of the game, and that's with him. That's running and you know receiving the football. So I definitely take the over. Yeah, and I, I look at Debo, and, and the more I, I kind of look at this game here, 
like McCaffrey is scary, certainly. But the more I, I kind of talk this out, the more Debo I think is is maybe the the guy that the Eagles need to focus on the most. Like you just you need to make sure you're sending multiple defenders at him. Like he will not go down on first contact. Same thing with Kittle. Um, you know, you, you, that that's the one thing about the 49ers. Like I think Purdy might be intimidated by the moment. I think the environment's going to get to him. But I do think that 49ers team, like they like to play physical football. Like that team embraces the physical nature of the game, uh, especially some of those skill guys. So I think the Eagles need to make sure they bring their their big boy pads. So yeah, speak. and one one guy you didn't mention, Ayuk too. Like Ayuk's one of their better receivers as well. Like he's he's honestly, I mean, Debo is so uh, you know so good, but Ayuk's a really good receiver too. He's come a long way. So he's someone you can't forget about either. It's good. they're gonna have their hands full tomorrow, man. It's it's gonna be a t- it's gonna be a tough game. I know you still you're on your are you still on your thirty four thirteen train thirty four thirteen. Okay, uh, that's that's fine. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough, but and, I still think we win. And two and a half, I would hammer the Eagles minus two and a half. I don't get why that line's that close. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, let's go to David Berwin. What's up, David? Tom, how are you? Good. How are you? Boy, what a year in Philly sports, huh? pretty crazy david isn't it i mean the phillies go to the world series and now the eagles are one game away from the super bowl yeah you know in all the years you know since the mid 60s we've watched the philly sports and the eagle sports and and and, uh, you know this has to be the top year anyway i've been listening to you from the beginning so i always enjoy listening to your enthusiasm right thanks man and your opening statements you know were just so gung-ho, so enthusiastic, so, you know, pro-Eagles. I'm like, there's no reason to call him because he sounds like me. And I'm thinking to myself, huh, where's the flaw in this? And uh, I really don't think – I really think that uh, you got it exactly right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Bobby B's prediction at 34-17. And, boy, is he going to have a good time. Oh, David, I'm game. excited for Bobby V. Didn't he sound like he was ready to go right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. It, it, it's going to blow his mind. Uh, now, let's go to uh, listening to you. You asked so many questions, and I knew you only have a couple minutes. But A.J. Brown, right? Yep. I'm thinking that because I saw what you saw, right? But I'm thinking that, like, if you asked him, he would say to you, I didn't really mean to, you know, show up, Gardner Michoud. I was just disappointed because we had a play where we could make it, and it it, it looked that way. Now, I don't know that, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And, And most of the year, there's been no problems with the Eagles and, and all that. Now, one last point, Tom. Brock Birdie, right? Uh-huh. He, he has uh, a history, a short history, of very little interceptions, very, uh, you know, few mistakes. And that's kind of the way uh, Jalen uh, – started you know that's that's and i've been behind him from the beginning you know mm-hmm. you look you look up the britannica for football players you get Jalen hurts so i've been behind him for a couple of years but i'm going with you and i'm going uh hey 
What a great year. Yeah, David, I, I enjoy the game on Sunday, man. Uh, appreciate your call, and I'll, I'll talk to you next week, I'm sure. But, yeah, I mean, I just look at it, and I think I think this is kind of Brock Purdy's moment where he has maybe the moment that Jalen Hurts had last year in Tampa Bay, where it's like, okay, you know, right, and I know Jalen wasn't a rookie last year. It was his second year in the league, um, first year as a starter. But I think it's going to be that kind of similar Moment, And I think it's a little different because, let's face it, the Eagles went into that game last year. We knew the Eagles didn't have much chance to win. Like, we knew that Bucks team was far better. We knew the talent level uh, disparity between those two teams was rather significant. And that's why how it played out. You know, like, the Bucks just, um, you know, they were just a lot better than the Eagles all across the board. But Jalen had a really rough game. And I think that was a learning experience for him. Because, you know, he's played in a ton of big games in college, but that was his first NFL playoff game. Um, and yeah, I know Purdy's played in a couple playoff games, um, played, I thought pretty well against Seattle, uh, but I don't think he played well last week. And I just think it's different when you go on the road for the first time, especially you come in this environment to the link in a championship game. There's nothing that can properly prepare you for it. Like you can talk about the game you played in Seattle and I'm sure they can pump that music into practice in San Francisco and, and and they can use silent counts and all that stuff. There's nothing that prepares you for that moment, and I don't think he's going to handle it well. And that's how why I think this is going to end up being a blowout. It's not that I think the Eagles are that significantly better than the 49ers. It's just the way that I see this game going. I see it going poorly for Purdy early, and I don't think he's going to be able to come out of it. Like, I don't think he's going to be able – to, you know, just just get it going against his defense. I think it's going to be like an avalanche. I think the Eagles get it started early. Um, I I think they maybe get a turnover, too. I think he gets rattled, and I think it gets progressively worse. And the Eagles end up opening it up uh, as this game goes on, um, you know, and, and I think really in the second half, second quarter on, uh, the Eagles will really feast. I think the first quarter may be more of a feeling out process, but once the Eagles get that running game going, once they get that offense going – uh, I think they're going to be off the races. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Mike in South Philly. What's happening, Mike? Yeah, how's it going, Tom? Good, man. What's up? So, um, I'm not even sure. Like, even if Purdy played well, I still think the Eagles will probably win as long as you know, the, you know, Jalen Hurst doesn't have a down game or something like that. To me, like, it, to me, this game isn't even really about like what the Niners do. Like, I've heard a lot of people, and I'm not saying they're wrong, saying you know, I don't think the Niners will be able to do this. I don't think the Niners will be able to do that. And I know, you know, technically speaking, what the Niners do ties directly in with the Eagles. Obviously, you know, one team tries to prevent another team from doing something. But I'm just saying, like, you know, in the abstract, like, the Eagles all year, it's always been about, like, their biggest opponent has been themselves. Like, to me, it's – and I don't, I don't – I'm not just one of those people who throws around those cliches. Like, obviously, like, for last year's Eagles – like, that didn't apply because the Eagles weren't nearly as good last year as they are this year. But, like, this is the most dominant Eagles team that I've seen in my lifetime. And that applies even if they don't end up winning the Super Bowl because I think, obviously, luck and a lot of stuff plays into it, too. But when you're this talented and you're this dominant, it's about what the Eagles do on the field. Like, the Niners could have a, have, play well and still lose because the Eagles are just that dominant. And... I like, I look at the Niners defense, for example, and, uh, you know, people saying, well, this is the number one defense in the league. And don't get me wrong. This Niners defense is very, very good. However, that is 
comparatively to the league now, which there's no dominant defenses in the NFL anymore. Like, for example, take the most recent dominant defense in memory that we have in the NFL, probably like the Legion of Boom defense, right, of Seattle. Like, that Seattle defense was leagues better than this Niners defense. And, you know, go back to the 2000 Ravens defense. Like, this Eagles offense is so dominant that even if the Niners play well in defense, I don't think they can stop this Eagles offense unless the Eagles turn the ball over. Yeah, so that's why that's why I'm getting at the point that if the Eagles will lose this game, the Eagles will beat themselves. No, I'd agree, Mike. And I look at it the same way. And that's why I think like and I would agree with you that this is more about the Eagles. Like I'm picking a blowout because I think Purdy will play poorly and I think the Niners will really struggle. But like you said, even in a world in which Brock Purdy does survive this situation, handles it well. I still think the Eagles win a close game. You know, I still think they win a 27-24 type game. I just, I really have trouble seeing any scenario in which they, they, they lose. I really do because I believe in the preparation. I believe in the staff and, you know, the veteran leaders on this team. You know they're going to be prepared. And like you said, if the Eagles come in prepared and they come in ready to go, then there's no reason to believe that they're not going to be successful. Yeah, I think they're hungry. I think they... They feed off of Jalen Hurts, um, his leadership quality. His he's just like a cold-blooded assassin type. You know what's funny? Joe Burrow gets all all the credit right for being the cold-blooded uh, assassin type guy, right? And I don't think Jalen Hurts is in Joe Burrow's class in terms of like a passer, or he doesn't obviously doesn't have the resume that Joe Burrow has. But in terms of just demeanor, I'm just talking just demeanor. Jalen Hurts is every bit the demeanor that Joe Burrow has. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts, nothing rattles the kid, Mike. I mean, yeah, but nothing nobody gets talks about that. It's always like Joe, Joe, cool, Joe, cool. And, and I'm not saying that he's not. Obviously, Joe, Joe Burrow has been one of the more clutch quarterbacks that we've seen in recent memory. But Jalen Hurts has, has that, too. Like, he's just he's, he's a hungry athlete. Like, I think he's really driven. Well, Mike, I think a big part of it, and especially when you look at Burrow, I think it's just the difference in the conferences. Like, and I think it's the fact that people look at Joe Burrow and, you know, even in the regular season, like, and it goes back also to last year in the championship game. Like, they've beaten really quality teams. Like, you look at the NFC this year, and let's face it, it's a down year in the NFC. You know, it's a down year in the NFC. I don't hold the Eagles' schedule against them, but I think that's part of it is people look at it and they will say, hey, who have they really beaten? Where Joe Burrow, he does have – a championship game in Kansas City under his belt. You know, they have won uh, big games before. I think that's what's going on there. Yeah, and looking at, like, the Eagles, for example, like if people go, well, you know, it's the way to beat the Eagles is to keep their offense off the field. You run the ball. Well, even if you do do that, like that Washington game earlier this year, the Eagles still had a chance to win that game if they didn't turn the ball over. So even then, it's like, well, you know, the Eagles are just that explosive that they're never out of a game. Um so, like, I think that this is a great opportunity for the Eagles. Like, what more could you ask for? You're, you're playing a team that you're better than in your own stadium with a chance to go to the Super Bowl uh, with, with a, a third-string quarterback. Like, these opportunities don't come often, and I think they're going to take advantage of it. Uh, and you, but, you know, it's interesting. This is an aside. This really doesn't have any and nothing to do with the game itself, but I just found this interesting. And maybe I'm wrong. You could get your crack team of uh, researchers there at the WIP studios to, to confirm this. I don't think the Eagles have ever beaten an NFC West team in the playoffs, at least in the Super Bowl era. We'll, we'll check on that. We'll check on that for sure. Because I know they, they lost to the Niners in 96. Right. They lost to the Rams in 2001. Right. They lost to the Cardinals in 2008. And then a few years ago, they lost to the Seahawks. 
Um, and I don't think before that they even they even played or, or, or I, I know I, I well, really don't think in the Super Bowl era they've ever beaten an NFC West team in the playoffs. Well, so that's, this, that's interesting. And, and this is this is another interesting thing. Mike, did you know the 49ers are the only NFC team uh, before Sunday? And this will change Sunday. They're the only team in the NFC that has not come to Philadelphia for a playoff game before. Well, that's cool, too. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, we can buck some trends uh, this weekend. Wouldn't it be amazing, Tom? Back to or not, not back to back, but two Super Bowls in a five-year span uh, with a completely different coach and quarterback. Like that—that's crazy. And hey, look, I've been very, very critical yep. of, uh, of of the guy, um, but I always said that if somebody does something well, even if I've picked on them before, I will give them credit for will it. You, will you apologize uh, to him, Mike? Uh, you know, you know, obviously Chuck Fletcher is the MVP of the city. <laughs> yeah, but but behind him. Harry Roseman is the number one reason that they're here right now. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, Mike. Yeah, and, take care, and man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Francisco, do you have uh, some some statistical breakdowns? I, I dare you even ask me the question. Of course I do. The king of statistics is no, on. No, no, no. I, you, you, we're talking about the NFC West versus yeah. the Eagles. So one in six. I'm trying to figure out what the win was here. I'm looking at okay, 36-20 against New Orleans, 93. Wild card. Okay. That was so- the one win. So when New Orleans, right, because New Orleans used to be in the NFC West. Now they're in the NFC South. So I guess Mike's kind of right and he's kind of wrong. Like, as for the current NFC West, he's correct. Um, But in past history, when the Saints were in the West, the Eagles did beat them. So, you know, so so a little right, a little wrong. Yeah, we're all, we we all win here. There you go. Exactly. We all win. And thank you to Francisco, uh, the king of statistics, for uh, figuring that out for us quickly. 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494, Go Back to the phones in one second here. But I even want to throw this out because, you know, Mike was just talking about the dominance of this Eagles team. And I think he makes a good point because they are so good. And I'll give credit here. I was listening to a podcast earlier, uh, the Philly special podcast on The Ringer with Shil uh, Kapati and Ben Solak. They do a really good job. And they had thrown out an interesting hypothetical question. What would the line be if the 2022 Eagles played the 2017 Eagles? Like, both teams, as they are constructed, going into the NFC Championship game, what would you say, Francisco? Was that as great as that 17 team was? I would favor this team by, like, five and a half points in that game. Absolutely. Like, yeah, going into the NFC. Okay, so this I mean, is, health plays a massive factor as well. Right, so are we, are we taking into account that the 2017 team won the Super Bowl? Like, we're... we're no, just, just, like, how... Well, I, overall, like, you know I what get, I mean? Like, I get, we're going with Foles. Like, uh, that's how it's going. Yes, I get. No, I guess we can look at it. And you can even have the knowledge of what they ended up doing. But, like, that team talent-wise going into the championship game. So, you know, no Wentz, no Jason Peters, you know, all those injuries facing this team now fully healthy. I would say this team's like a five-and-a-half, six-point favorite. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, take the, I take this year's team by a, a pretty decent margin. You yeah. know, no disrespect to that 17 team. We all love that team. That was a really good team, too. That's that how, speaks to how good this team is. Right. Yeah. That, that's it's, how it's good this team I is. I mean, what, where where are the weaknesses at, on, on this team? Like, besides, like, maybe linebacker? But right. today, we're just still really good. So like, I, I, I mean, how would you feel if you're, you know, J- Jim Schwartz on the other sideline about A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith going up against Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills? Yeah, Mismatch. and plus Goddard. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd take this team easily. Yeah, and so I, I, I agree, and that just shows how good they are. Uh, let's go to Jay in Wilmington. What's up, Jay? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, how are you? Um, good. You know, I, I'm i big on the, the fans, and I, I 
I'm hearing everything you guys are saying, and I, I I'm a big fan of the offense. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I understand he has a a step above Purdy, but I really am putting this on the fans today, and I really do believe that we're going to make the difference because in this game, uh, I think that when he comes in and they feel that that just that power in the field, that the yelling, the screaming, I think that's going to make the difference. And the first quarter is going to tell everything. The score at the end of the first quarter is going to tell this game. And I'm telling you, if it's 3-0, then we need to worry because it's going to be a rumble the whole game. We don't know how it's going to end. But if the Eagles can come out 7 to zip, 10 to zip after that first quarter, we're in. Where you know, I, I really feel comfortable. Um, I I just really feel the fans are going to play a big role in this game right here. Because other than that, we're pretty even. Um, the the defense for the 49ers is not to play with. Um, I, I this is not a game like with the Giants. I, I do have some concerns with their you know with the 49ers defense. So. Um, I'm I'm really on the fans on this one, man. I'm gonna be screaming in my own in my, in my own house because I really think that we have to uh, really shock this guy. I know he's been in some big games. Um, they say he played in Iowa, and I know there's you know those, those college games. You know you have a hundred thousand some fans, so it's not like he's he's not used to this. So there's some fear there, but I really uh, think that we have to like you know the fans have to take over in this game. And the first quarter is really going to tell a lot. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but this first quarter, whatever ends, the score at the end of the first quarter is going to tell the story of this game. Um, I would like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, Jay, and yeah, man, I appreciate your call. Um, I think – I don't necessarily agree. Like, I think the score could be – I think we will find a lot out early from a 49ers perspective. Like, like this is the way I view it, to, to put it more simply. If the Eagles jump up 7-0, 10-0 early, I think the game's over. Like, I, I think the game is over. I don't think the Niners will be able to come back. Now, if it's close after the first quarter, that certainly plays the Niners' advantage. But I still think the Eagles could open this thing up. Like, the way I see this game going is I do think it's probably tight at the end of the first quarter. I do think it could be 3 nothing, maybe 7 nothing Eagles. But I think the second quarter is really when the Eagles start opening things up. I think they're probably up, like, something like 14-7, 17-10 at half. Then I think in the second half is when they really start to add on. I think things are just going to get progressively worse for the Niners in this game. I think it could be tight uh, early on. But in the end, I think the Eagles are going to pull away. Um, and, you know, I, I if the Eagles get on top early, though, and the Eagles jump up early, then it could be it could be really, really, uh, a really quick resolution to this one. Let's get Joe and Merchantville in here. What's up, Joe? They say this is a, this is real simple. In Jalen, we trust. Yeah, I agree, Joe. I mean, I think Jalen's going to play great on Sunday. Yeah, this, I mean, this is not this is not exactly a novel thought. But the Eagles play their game. They don't. They take care of the ball. They win the game because they're the better team. And uh, Jalen, what's interesting is not too long ago we were asking ourselves, can Jalen be a starter in this league? Well, he answered that. Then it was. Can he be a franch- a winning starter? Well, he answered that. Can he be a franchise player? I believe he's answered that. Now I'm starting to wonder, can he be special? 
And yeah. I, I think he can be. Yeah, Joe, and I agree. And that's, to me, you know, that's the biggest thing. And it just shows how much he's really go- – how far he's really gone um, this season to, to earn that trust because – like I, I'm not gonna lie, Joe. I was one of the people in the off season who wanted to replace him with Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, and I was wrong. I mean, Jalen has only proved people wrong every step of the way, and you know, I've gotten to the point where I'm fully confident in him going out and playing a good game on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I completely agree, and I agree with uh, uh, what Mike had to say. I think he's, uh, I think he's right. I don't know that it's going to be a blowout because San Francisco is good. There is, there is one matchup I'm concerned about, only because. Uh, Bosa is that good, and Lane Johnson is not 100%. So I'm a, li- I'm a little concerned about that. They're going to have to maybe figure out how to help help Lane a little bit, which I know sounds really odd. He normally doesn't need any help. But I think when he's up against Bosa, th- that's one area they're going to have to pay attention to. Yeah, no no, no doubt about it, Joe, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. Yeah, Bosa, you got to slow down, and that's why I'm a guy who usually likes to throw the ball. I, I do like throwing the ball. If I'm the Eagles, I'm running the ball early because you got to find a way to slow down that pass rush. Like you got to find a way to slow down that pass rush. Best way is to run the football, um, you know, and that would be that would be I think the best approach for the Eagles. Not solely running the football. I'm not becoming a full blown run the ball guy who wants the Eagles to run the ball every single play. But you know, keep that pass rush on their toes. Quick passes early. Slow that pass rush down would be the best course of action. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Pat, Charlie, we got you guys coming up next. And also, I need to play some sound because one of the biggest, you know, storylines this game and what makes it so fun is the atmosphere and this game being at the link. The NFL apparently is considering doing something that would take that away, and I think it's a terrible idea. We'll get to that next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WYP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Friday night. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. If you're up late, you're looking for something to watch while you're listening to WIP, of course. We don't want you tuning out of this show. Uh, I, you know, and, and we want you tuned in here and also when Trev comes aboard at 2. But if you're bored and you got nothing else to, to have on your TV, they're currently showing... What is this, Francisco? This is the Oklahoma-Iowa State game from 2019, Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy, correct? Yeah, it was a classic, too. Was it a classic? Yeah. It, it, well, we, well, let's not spoil it. You, okay. you know, you can multitask. My, you can listen to TK and Trev, but you can also watch the game at the same time. Like, you got ears and eyes. Um, it's a classic, though. It comes down to, like, the last play of the game. A lot of talent in this game. Jalen Hurts just threw a little pass to uh, C.D. Lamb, who, uh, you know, I would have loved the Eagles. To, I wanted the Eagles to get C.D. Lamb so badly that year, but... Uh, you know, in the end, it all worked out. I know the Eagles took Jalen Rager, and we can we don't need to go through that for the billionth time here. Uh, but the Eagles got Jalen Hurts in the second round, so I think we can stop fixating on the Rager pick so much. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But we'll get back to the phones one second. But obviously, one of the big things coming into this game and why it's so, you know, uh, there's so much energy and, and, and excitement surrounding it is because of the crowd and because of what this game's going to be like at the link. Um, and the NFL right now is apparently considering changing that aspect moving forward here. And he, this was Mike Florio, who was on with, with Dan Patrick. Um, uh, pro football talk, Mike Florio, uh, on with Dan Patrick. And here was Florio talking about what the future of the NFL's championship games could look like. Explain what you were hinting at with the title games maybe in the future, being played at neutral sites or on, or on different days. I think you said Sunday or Monday. Like, where are we headed with 
they, the potential for a neutral site title game? Well, th there's only so many places in the pizza that the NFL can cram the cheese. And there are certain revenue opportunities that you can take advantage of without increasing your cost by a single penny. And this whole neutral site thing, for me, the moment, Dan, was last Friday. Right about now, when the league issued this announcement of 50,000 tickets sold in 24 hours to a neutral site Bills-Chiefs game, half to Bills season ticket holders, half to Chiefs season ticket holders. And I thought, you know, they're telling us where this is going. They're doing their victory lap preemptively. So we all understand that at some point in the future, there's going to be a push for neutral site conference championships. They want the college big game atmosphere when you tune in and you've got sad reaction from Texas fan, sad reaction from Alabama fan. They're all in the same place, 50-50 in their team's colors. It doesn't happen at the Super Bowl because that's a destination. You get your tickets before you even know who's going. Hey, I'm going to the Super Bowl this year. I don't care who's in it. I'm going to the Super Bowl. Destination conference championship means wow. half the state, like the old sitcom premise where they put the tape down the middle of the room. That's what the NFL is looking for. And people hate it. But what's going to happen if they do it? We're going to not watch it? Just like the Sunday-Monday possibility to split it up. Because I'd love to just focus on 49ers-Eagles Sunday and then worry about Bengals-Chiefs Monday. But fans don't like it. But if the NFL sees a way to make more money doing it that way, they will. I just I, – I can't say enough how much I hate this idea. Like, to, to, Super Bowl is one thing. Like, you play a Super Bowl on a neutral site. It's always been that way. It's a big deal. Fine. But to take championship games and put them in a neutral site, I hate the idea. Like, like what uh, are teams' incentives for the regular season? You're cheapening your regular season, first off, because the one seed doesn't end up meaning as much. Like, yeah, you get the buy. That's a big deal. But I don't know. It wouldn't make the one seed nearly as important. Like, if you're in a situation now where you don't have the NFC Championship game at home, like, one of the cool things about championship games is, is that feel and that home field advantage and 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 that energy in the stadium. I hate this idea. Now, if you want to do it Sunday, Monday, I'm fine with that. Like, if you want to give each game its own day, I think Saturday, Sunday would honestly make more sense than Sunday, Monday. Um, because, like, tomorrow, nothing going on. There's no sports going on tomorrow. Like, I would love, you know, the AFC Championship game to be tomorrow and the NFC Championship game to be Sunday. I'd be fine with that. Both games at 6 o'clock, whatever, that would be great. But, I don't know, Francisco, what do you think about this neutral site idea? I think it's it's awful. It's absolutely awful. You know what, TK, to, to a certain extent, it is a little intriguing. I think it would be. Oh, you, I'm you the, hey, hold on, hold on. Let, let me. This. I'm not. I, I prefer to have, uh, to not have the neutral site. But, I don't know, there's part of me that, that would kind of be interested in that. I don't know, having uh having it split between if it was Eagles 49ers, you know, uh Niners Niners fans on, you know, and the Eagles fans. I don't know, it, it would be intriguing. There'd probably be a lot of fights in the stands though. It would be terrible. Know. It would be terrible. Like what are we going to do? Like we already have this for the Super Bowl. Now we're going to have conference championship games you without a team having it. home field you advantage. Used to it. Well, you would get used to it. The sad thing is Florio is He's right. Like, he's absolutely right when he says, what are we going to do, not watch? He's right. We're going to watch. Like, I, I can rant about it all I want and say how much I don't like it. I mean, I'm going to watch it. Like, the NFL has, you know, a, a hold over all of us. Like, we're all going to watch it. But it would be terrible. And I would, like, can you imagine, like, th that moment that we had five years ago of 
you know, the guys on the field and they're singing dreams and nightmares before the game and getting all jacked up and, and Patrick Robinson, like, does that same play, that play doesn't have the same effect if they're playing neutral site game in, in New Orleans? Yeah, but nah, because, you know, you're right, you're right. But but at the same time, you know, it, there's still also be Eagles fans there. You're just, it's still going to be excitement, nah? No. Uh, yeah, I think so. No. It no. wouldn't be the same. You're right. It wouldn't be the same, but I think you're overplaying this. Just, I mean, all right, well, you, you probably weren't for the 17th game. Uh, no, I uh, agreed. But you got used to it, right? Like, I'm, yes. I've come around to it. I'm just like, whatever. You know, they're probably going to add an 18th game at some point. Like, uh, just whatever. More football point. is good. I yeah, agree. See, so you would get used to it, and you'd be like, okay. Like, it's, uh, you know, it's thing of the past. I, so. I will never say this is a good idea. I will never say this is a good idea. I'll, I'll save this. Yeah, please do. Because neutral site title games would be a terrible idea, and I would hate it. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, let's go to uh, Pat in Westchester. What's up, Pat? Hey, um, sorry for the raspy voice, boys. Hey, no right off that Florio thing real quick, uh, and then I'll get back to why I brought it, came on. The, I, I don't really hold much credit with Florio. If it was uh, Mortensen or uh, Schefter, I go, okay, there's some credence to it. And – well, Pat, it's been, it's, it's been kind of weird because Florio, I feel like he's been, like, pushing this neutral side title game for, like, weeks now. Like, he's been doing reporting on it, but I feel like he's been kind of pushing it like he wants it to happen. It's just been kind of odd. I don't know. Well, he just seems like, hey, let me say the most outlandish thing I can for, you know, for followers, et cetera. And it's like, well, I just don't see that. And you're cheating the fans. You're cheating the season. Take over and say, okay, I got five grand. Am I going to – do it for the conference title game to go to New Orleans, or am I holding out and hope they win and then I'm going to Miami? Right. It's like, so the fan gets cheated. Now, to your point, they're going to watch and everything like that, but it's the ultimate season ticket holder gets cheated. And, uh, you know, and I, so then, and you, by the way, you're, you know what you're down to. You're only down to six or eight, eight cities that can even host something like this. Right. And you're going to go back and, then, you know, I'm not. I'll tell you what, and I'm the biggest Eagles fan in the world. I ain't going to Atlanta. I'm done with well, that city. Well, Pat, and this, but this is the thing as well. Like, I would love, like, like because you're right. Like, they won't put this in, like, cold weather. Like, they're not going to put these neutral sites in, like, Lambo. So now you're eliminating, like, these cool weather games that we, we have. All, they're, it's going to be either Atlanta or New Orleans or, or one of these dome stadiums. It would be terrible. Right. So – my voice, I'm sorry, I, I was coming home from the airport, I was away all week on a conference and everything, blown away by the litmus test that I just took for the week. And the overwhelming love for the Niners and Purdy. And they're like, oh, you know, they know him from Philadelphia, et cetera. I'm like, I'm like, I, you guys cannot be real, right? Rookie quarterback, 7-0. and The team's on a 12-game winning streak. I'm like, law of averages here, guys. I'm like, and it's like, and I put it back to everybody. I'm like, so if Purdy does it, so is he going to Mount Rushmore of L.A., uh, Montana, and Brady? Because this has never happened. Because for a reason. Because it doesn't happen. Rookies don't go on the road on hostile environments and then do, well, what I believe to be the impossible. And of all places here, which we obviously are biased, there's, you're, not, you're not coming off road. His bubble is going to burst here. Talent-wise, etc., he's he's going to be rattled. It's not a I, I'm emphatic. I'm like it's not an if. It's it, it will. He's going to happen. 
And last point I have for this question. Is A.J. Brown hurt? Is A.J. Brown hurt? And, and Pat, I appreciate the call. He says no. Uh, he's not listed on the injury report. So, I mean, take him at his word. I don't think I don't think he's – I mean, may, I, th- I think – I'll put it this way. I think most guys at this point in the year are dealing with a little bit of something. He might be dealing with something, but I don't think it's anything significant. I think A.J. Brown was frustrated last week because he didn't get the ball, and I think he was acting like a little bit of a baby. And, you know, that that's something that you shouldn't be doing when your team is in the position the Eagles are in right now. 215-592-9494. John, thanks for hanging, man. We'll get you up first right when we get back. And also, I do want to talk about a debate that we've been happening all, happening all year long, that if the Eagles win – and if the, the defense plays well on Sunday, this debate is is done for good. And we'll get to that when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Friday night. If you want to get in, 292 Nine four nine four is how you join the show. This is like my era of of music right there, Francisco. That's like middle school, high schoolish. What was that? Blink one eighty two. Blink one eighty two. There you go. Can you guess the song or nah? Can't guess the song. Nah, first date. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I can I can hear it in my in my head now. I but yeah, I couldn't couldn't guess the exact song. Right. What Sorry, year was that? Uh, two thousand two, two thousand one. Okay. So that was either I was either in late middle school or early high school years at that point. So right, sorry, yeah. I wasn't Taylor Swift for you. That's okay. That's that's fine. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, once your Eagles predictions last hour of the show, uh, still a lot to discuss here. But I think the Eagles win. I think the Eagles win this game easily. Um, and I think a lot of it comes down to to the quarterback play. And I think that's where the the significant difference in advantage is. I think these teams, you know, talent wise, stack up. You know, I, I talent-wise, they're they're pretty even in a lot of areas. The one area where they're not even is the quarterback spot, and I think that's really going to play itself out and show uh, in a pronounced way on Sunday afternoon. I have a lot of confidence in Jalen Hurts, um, and I think Brock Brock Purdy is really going to st- uh, struggle coming into this environment. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. In a minute, I did want to talk about an argument that I think could be officially put to rest on Sunday. First, let's go back to the phones. Go to John in Downingtown. What's up, John? Hey, TK. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Good. Hey, you know, first of all, the Florio thing, you know, I am with you. I do not even want to think about a neutral site game. Like, we, we, we deserve to have that game in our stadium if we earn it throughout the season, like we did this year, like we did, you know, back in 2017. Um I think it's crazy. To it would just talk be. About it would just be that. terrible, man. I mean, it's yeah, like it's like like I feel like there are so many over the course of the of of the NFL, so many memorable championship games, and so many of them are memorable because of the environment in which they're played in. I just you know, Super Bowl is one thing, but but neutral site championship games just terrible idea. No question. I mean, think think about what happened last year, or not sorry, uh, last time we were in this position. Uh, going to the NFC Championship with you know Minnesota coming into our stadium, C- could you imagine not having that energy, not having that kind of thing? I mean, going on like where they get the chance to like go and deface the Rocky statue, and then we just show them why they shouldn't do that. You know, I mean, like, like it's just 
it, it was a whole thing. Did you hear, by the way, about the whole San, Fran- uh, San Francisco thing, how they're, how they're doing that again now this year? I saw a picture, John. I, I didn't know if it was, like, I because you see so many of these pictures out there. I thought maybe it was fake or something. But so, what, did so they the put a Niners I, jersey? So the picture I saw was actually, I think that was from a, like a year or two ago. Um, but I saw a TikTok thing where some idiot, some San Fran fan who, who had no idea what he was doing, put um, uh, Brock Purdy's face on Rocky going against uh, Drago in Rocky Four with Jalen Hurts' face on Drago on some TikTok thing. And it was just hilarious. It was like, well, thank you for stealing the deal, the fact that we're going to win this now because you just, you just jinxed the whole thing. Like, you have not any idea, like, the Rocky is Philly. Like, come on. Like what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it, John. Like, like, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's one where I think that's that that's a, a miscalculation on whoever put that on. Definitely, but I, I do. I gotta call you out one thing though. Like, okay. I just gotta say this. So, I, I tuned in. I, I got out of my restaurant. I own a restaurant downtown. I got out of the restaurant. I was I hopped in the car and I heard you talking about how the Eagles. You know they're gonna they're gonna salt this away. You know maybe a score, maybe a you know ten point lead type of thing going into the first half, and then they're gonna come out in the second half and they're just gonna put it away. But I have to say, and, and you got to agree with this. I mean the stats show when have they put anything away in the second half of, of the season? I mean honestly, they have they they've they've been the number one scoring team in the first half throughout the season, no question. I mean like far and away, they've been great scoring in the first half. But second half. They haven't done as much as we, I think, would expect them to um, or, or hope they, they do in the second half. So I, I got to say, like, that's the one area I do disagree with you a little bit is, that, like, if it comes down to us winning it in the second half, I'm not as comfortable with that as I would be. I mean, even when they were up 28 nothing against the Giants last week. Yeah, I think that's fair enough, John. I was worried. (laughs) Well, the the Giants. I mean, that team stinks. They weren't coming back. But yeah, I agree. I get. I get what you're saying. But I I think part of of that, and maybe I'm giving them too much credit here, but I think part of it is that they just haven't needed to do a lot in the second half of these games. Like, so many of these games, they are leading by such a significant margin at halftime where the Eagles hadn't needed to do a lot in the second half. I don't think it's that they're incapable. I just think it's that it hasn't been, you know, all that necessary. I don't disagree with you on that that at all. Like, I definitely... I'm that kind of fan myself where I look at it and I'm like, well, they had this done at, at halftime. Like, so why do they even need to show up for the second half? I, I definitely agree with you on that, but it's the playoffs. And this is not the time to rest on your laurels and, and hope that you can get it done, uh, you know, with what you did in the first half. Like, they need to play four quarters this game. I, I preach that to my chefs all the time. We have a, we have a busy first seating. We get our asses kicked. Second seating comes on, and I'm always saying to them, guys, four quarters. We got to play four quarters. We got to get through this night. We got to get through this shift and, and make sure that we put out the same food we put out the first round to the same, you know, do it the same way in the second round as we did the first round and make sure that everybody here enjoys their meal. And that's why I'm, I've been in business 14 years, you know, and, and there's a reason for it. And it's just because. You play four quarters. The Eagles need to play four quarters this week. Well, no there, there you go, John. Well, that's a that, that's a good boss right there. I appreciate your call, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right, take it easy. So, yeah, I mean, play four quarters in every aspect of life, I guess. You know, no matter what job you have, you gotta you gotta maintain that att- intensity. And and uh, you know, J- John John sees it that way as well. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Um, but I did want to touch on something else real quick uh, as we're running out of time. But one matchup this week that I'm fascinated in is the coaching matchup. The coaching matchups on both sides of the ball, to be honest with you. 
but specifically with the 49ers offense going up against the Eagles defense. Because, as I've said before, I, I think Kyle Shanahan is probably the best offensive play designer in football. You know, it's him, it's Andy. I mean, they're up there as year in, year out. These guys are putting the best play, plays together. And even over the last couple of years, as people are drooling over Sean McVay, I mean, I, I'd take Sean, I'd take Kyle Shanahan over Sean McVay pretty much any day. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm a Shanahan over McVay guy, and I think, you know, Kyle Shanahan has been one of the best coaches in the league over the past couple of years. Now his game management, um, you know, leaves something to be desired. Uh, he can get timid in spots. I thought he did last week. thought he did at some instances in Super Bowl 54 as well. But as far as how to utilize his talent, Kyle Shanahan does a great job. And, you know, he's put Brock Purdy in situations to be successful. And he's going up against Jonathan Gannon this week. And Jonathan Gannon obviously had a good game last week against the Giants, and the Eagles totally shut down that offense. And the Jonathan Gannon is as polarizing a figure as I can remember in this city in a long time. I don't really get it. I think the guy's tremendous. But Nick Sirianni was obviously jacked up after last week with Gannon's uh, performance. Here was Sirianni, um, you know, talking about uh, Jonathan Gannon, what he was able to do, and taking a shot at one of our hosts here at WIP. Jonathan Gannon puts these guys in great positions. Obviously, we have great players. And, you know, sometimes I have to, I have to hear, like, some things about Jonathan Gannon. Like, and it, I don't know if it's you guys. It might be more... Other people, um, I, I won't say names, Angelo, right? Uh, but this guy is an unbelievable coordinator. The, the fact that he doesn't get respect from our radio station blows my mind. It blows my mind. And I know you work at the radio station too, so I'm not even going to say anything about you. But, like, it blows my mind. This guy is an incredible coordinator. I mean, no matter how you feel about Sirianni, no matter how you feel about Angelo, that's hilarious. I mean, for Sirianni to say, I'm not going to mention any names, and then just immediately say Angelo. And by the way, you put an Elliot in kind of a weird spot there, right. too. Who asked the question? Tiga, I just wanted to say that just, just made me thought of, I can't wait until Topper comes out and, you know, has to hear the Reese Hoskins hate. And he says the, I won't name oh, any God. names, Tom Kelly. Topper's on my side, okay? Topper I don't knows. Know. Yeah, Topper's on my side. Topper wants him out. Sirianni's on Angelo's side sort of, too. So, you, you know, what do you mean Sirianni's on Angela's uh, You side? know, they're on good terms, I'm saying. Sirianni, yeah. uh, Sirianni's right, by the way, okay? Right. And Angelo's wrong about this. Like, I agree. Jonathan Gannon is not a bad defensive coordinator. Here was more from Sirianni in his impassioned defense of Jonathan Gannon. The people w- love to play for this guy. Like, and I, uh, listen, I don't, I, am I, you want me to keep going? I think you made your point. Why do you even pay attention? Why do you even pay attention? Well, I, I have to, Bob has to put me on to what they're, you know, like, the only reason I got to pay attention is because Bob does such a good job at his job that he preps me for questions that I got to answer. And so every time I hear an answer about Jonathan Cannon, I'm, I, I laugh to myself. And matter of fact, coaches from other teams ask me, like, does Jonathan Cannon get shit here? I'm like, somehow, yeah. Like, this guy's incredible. He's going to be a head football coach in the National Football League because of what he does. This guy's a stud. He's a stud. I can't wait to talk to Angelo on Monday. <laughs> I just love I, – I, I got to say, I love Sirianni. Like, I love the way this guy defends his guys. My favorite part of that whole clip is is Howard, of course, needs to pipe in from the background. Why do you even worry about what Angelo says? Like, Howard, Howard, we, you, you don't need to get involved there. But, 
I mean, Sirianni's right, okay? Jonathan Gannon is a good defensive coordinator, and Angelo's wrong, and that that that's that's just a fact. And, you know, and that's why this matchup this week between the coaches is so interesting to me. And if the Eagles come out, and if they shut down this offense, and they do what I predict they are going to do, and the defense has a big day, and Brock Purdy is totally shut down by this defense. I don't want to hear any of the Jonathan Gannon stuff again. I don't want to hear it anymore. Like, Jonathan Gannon is a good defensive coordinator. The fact that we are still having this conversation is annoying to me. The fact that this is something that still is a storyline, as this team is going to the NFC Championship game, as they lead the league in sacks by a significant margin, as they have one of the best defenses in most metrics in the NFL— it bothers me that this is still something that we are talking about, but it's it's still something that we're talking about. And what do you think, Francisco? If the if the Eagles win this game, if the defense plays well, if they turn Brock Purdy over a ton of times, is the Gannon discussion over? Like, can we just admit he's a good coach, or are still people still going to be worried about Gannon going into the Super Bowl? Uh. I mean, if we if we shut, I mean, no, because people are going to say, oh, well, it was a rookie quarterback, right, right. You know, yeah. so so now nah, there's always going to be the people that don't like him that are going to find the excuses to say, oh, well, he's not a good coach. It's so. just and so people annoying. are always going to say it's all oh, oh, the whole discussion this year has been oh, it's a talent. That's that's all it is. Like I, you don't need a coach out there, basically. Just, like I could coach the defense, and now oh, we'd be great just because all the talent out there. Yeah, it's so annoying, but Gannon's a good defensive coordinator, and I wish more people would appreciate him, and hopefully he doesn't get a head coaching job, and hopefully he's back here next year uh, because that would be good for the Eagles organization for Jonathan Gannon to return because he's done a damn good job. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Joe in Feasterville. What's up, Joe? How you doing, pal? Good. How are you? Hey, listen. All I wanted to say was, Suppose the Eagles lose. What's the mindset of of you, of the city, of the team? What's the mindset? Good season, bad season? Was it good? Was it bad? Or just a better team beat us? Like, give me your idea. Well, yeah, it's a good. I mean, Joe, it's a good question. I I would say, you know, at this point. It's hard to say that this is a disappointing season considering what we expected at the beginning of the year. I wouldn't say it's a disappointing season. I would say it's a huge missed opportunity. Like, I would say this has been a productive season. The Eagles are headed on the, in the right direction. But, we will. But I mean, it would be a huge missed opportunity because you don't get to the championship game often. Hosting championship games is not something that comes around often. So I, I hate to play both sides of the fence here, but I think it would be a mixed, missed bag. I, mixed bag. I think it would be... You know, a, a productive year, but it would be a massive missed opportunity. But uh, but basically, as a fan, are you upset or are you happy? You know, oh, like, I'd be, like, I'd how be, do you feel? I'd be terribly disappointed. There's no doubt, Joe. I mean, if they don't win this game, if they don't go to the Super Bowl, yeah, as a fan, it would be really disappointing. And 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 you think Jalen Hurts made that? He made that step, right? He made that step up big time, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Jalen Hurts, this season is a success for Jalen Hurts, I think, regardless. Um, But, yeah, if the Eagles – I mean, you couldn't ask for a better situation with a seventh-round rookie quarterback coming in here for a championship game at home. If the Eagles lose this game, it would be be a a really upsetting loss. Okay. All right. Thanks, pal. I appreciate it. No, no problem. I appreciate your call. And, yeah, I mean, what do you think? 
No, I was just going to ask you, TK, do, would you cry if they lost would I tomorrow? Cry? Are you a sensitive guy? There's a time in my life when I would have cried. Have, <laughs> but I think I've kind of aged out of that. Right, like in your middle school Blink-182 days. Yeah, I, I mean, if we really want to get personal, I did cry when the Eagles lost the championship game then. Really? I, when the Eagles I've lost, never cried over a Philadelphia sports game. When the Eagles lost the Bucks, I cried. You did. Uh, yeah. Bill, Bill Matt said he, he cried too. I was 15 years old, um, and that was such an upsetting loss. It was the last game at the Vet, which I mean, you you probably don't even remember the yeah, Vet. I, I didn't. Well, yeah, yeah, I remember the Vet. Okay. Well, okay. Whoa. Whoa. Do 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 you remember you you remember that? No, no, so, game? no. So I I didn't get into the Eagles until the next year. Okay, so you don't really remember the Vet. I, do, well, but, I mean, as a Phillies fan, yeah, I, I mean, I love the Phillies since I was like three years old. So yeah, I remember the vet. Yeah, but but you, like you, you don't remember watching like big games at the vet, right? No, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> no need to apologize. But yeah, I mean, the, the vet, the vet was a weird place, man. I loved it. Like I, I, it was a dump. It was horrible to like like from a a. You know, stadium perspective, like compared to Citizens Bank Park and the Link, it's just crazy how how bad it was. But it was fun to go to games there. Like it was just such a, 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 a an unbelievable environment, and it just felt like that day, like the Eagles' last game at the Vet. They're going to win this game, and it was such a disappointment when they lost it. Like there's nothing else that good. Like, and that's what made it so upsetting. Like that was the Eagles' year. Like I don't know if that was the best Eagles team they've had because. Of that era, I think 04 was the best team that they had when they had T.O. and the roster was so loaded. But that year was the year that they had the best team in the NFL. Like, the Eagles were the best team in the NFL that year. Like, 04, they had a better team, but the, the league as a whole was better. Like, I think the Patriots were better. The Steelers were probably better than the Eagles that year. They beat them earlier that year convincingly in Pittsburgh. But 02... I'm convinced the Eagles are the best team in the league. Like, they beat Tampa Bay earlier that season. Um, the Eagles would have crushed Oakland in the Super Bowl. I mean, the Raiders were not very good that year. They were kind of a fraud team coming out of the AFC. Uh, the Patriots had, like, a down— It was like the Patriots won down year before they really got rolling. They won a Super Bowl the year before, had a down year, which was that year. Then they won two straight Super Bowls. But if that makes sense, it wasn't the Eagles' best team, but it was the year that they were the best team in the NFL. Yeah, and that's why I was so disappointed. And just to go back to the whole crying thing, the reason why I brought it up <laughs> okay. was because I was talking to Trev, you know, because we're getting ready for his show as well. Um, and he, he said he cried after we just dismantled the Giants on Sunday. Really? So I want you to bring that up to him. Okay. Well, yeah, I... he said he, he got to the mountaintop. He screamed as loud as he could. And then I asked him if he cried, too. And he said yes. That, so, well, I mean, I would say Trev should have been ready for that to happen. I don't know. He picked I mean, the Giants to win, so well, I mean, I mean, just like just, how you were as a Eagles fan against the Bucks. I mean, that's just Homer stuff, though, from Trev. I mean, the Eagles are a better team. We all know it. He yeah, no, I'm just, I, I, I'm bringing it up to him. That's all, all right. I'm saying. Well, we'll, t- we'll talk to him, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that was the only time. You know, I only the only time I ever cried after a sporting event was then. Um, you didn't cry in 2017. I cried immediately when we won. I did not. I don't think I cried that night. I, I'll tell you when else I think I may have. I may have cried a little bit, and this was when I was a little older. Um, when the Phillies lost that game five to the Cardinals in two thousand eleven, you know, I shed a couple tears that night. 
I was pretty. I was pretty sad. I mean, there there may there there may well. I mean, there may have been a couple drinks involved as well that could contribute to I my you're a, you, so when you when you drink you get you, you, you get well i mean sensitive. you know right? you get my emotional. young 20s at that point it was a disappointing night man. emotional guy it's okay to be emotional man it's disappointing okay <laughs> 215-592-9494 let's go to alex in delaware what's up alex hey guys what's going on how you doing man all right so listen i want to i want to talk about the game that's going to happen on sunday and i want to compare it to the tension that we felt in 2017 against the Falcons in the divisional game. Because the last play for the pass that Julio Jones, to Julio Jones, I, I know everybody was on their ears and toes because that was, a, you know, a tough man to try to cover for a last-minute play. Am I right or yeah. am I wrong? No, no doubt about it. Okay. This Eagles defense is going to chew up Brock Purity. And it's going to show him what it's like to face the actual number one defense. And I don't actually get why people think that uh, they're the number one defense when we have more sacks. I kind of get that they have a little bit more takeaways than us, but I don't think that defines, you know, them being the number one defense because we had 15 more sacks than we were supposed to have. Or, you know what I mean? And I want to leave, I want to leave on one note is Jalen Hurts' ability to escape edge rushers, and Nick Bosa is going to be one of them. His ability to read the defense, especially the, the linebackers, is outstanding. I mean, if you just go back and look at, at the, the Giants game, you know, them RP, he, he's, he is really killing on the RPOs. I've never seen a better quarterback move in RPOs than J- Jalen Hurts. No, he's, and that's all I want no, to say. Yeah, Alex, and I appreciate the call, man. No, Jalen Hurts is great at handling the football, you know, and those RPOs, he makes the right decisions and, and, you know, he's just, he's just a really smart football player. And I think he's going to play a really smart game on, on Sunday afternoon. And, and yeah, when you talk about concerns of this game, Jalen Hurts is, is far down on my list of concerns. Like, and it's weird that you can kind of say that in a third year quarterback, um, second year starter going into this big of a spot, but yeah, I have very little concerns about Jalen Hurts. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Andrew Rich, we'll get to you when we get back. Also, um, we'll talk about a couple Eagles who could be playing their final game at home, and uh, that would be sad if that's the case. But we'll get to that when we return as well. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you uh, for another couple segments here on this Friday night. Um, and just talking to Francisco during the break, we're just talking about times when, you know, sports have made us cry and not sports, but Francisco, you just disclosed, disclosed to me a couple times. So you cry. You said whenever you watch Rudy, you cry. Yeah. Every time we were talking it's about a great movie. The, I mean, yeah, well, when the what, a couple of times during the movie, when they all, when all his teammates come in and say, Hey, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm willing to like not play so Rudy can play, right? Is that that's how it goes, right? Yeah, I think so, so silly. And then, and then at the end where he comes in and he, you know, he makes some plays. Yeah, it's it's emotional, man. It's yeah, it, it gets me. Well, okay. And then this other, you you also what was the other thing? You told Lord me? of the Rings. You cry in Lord. Yeah, of the when Rings? Sam at the end, when Sam and Frodo, and Frodo's like he leaves Sam because he doesn't trust him or whatever. And Sam's trying to, you know, at the end, it, and he gets puts him on his back to get to get to Mordor to get to to try to destroy the ring. It's emotional, man. How do you it become does. that emotionally invested in like those movies, though? Because they're because they're good. 
Yeah, but they're not like like I will say this. I've cried at different points um, of Game of Thrones, but there's I mean, there's so many the many hours I've invested in it. Like right, it's just yeah, yeah. I mean, but there's, talking about the amount of seasons in, right? But there's three movies for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, well, and, and you just get you get to attached to the characters, man. They're well, good actors. I guess I can't hate on you too much if I'm crying Game of Thrones. You're crying Lord of the Rings, so. Wait, so you did cry the Game of Thrones? Oh yeah, I I've cried. You didn't you didn't send anything anything to me during that about I, that during I'm, the break. I'm, I love I've I've huge Game of Thrones. We used to have a Game of Thrones podcast here at the station. Really? Is that true? Yeah, it's my me, Dave Breitmeyer, um, Andrew Porter, and Bill Cornfeld. It, <laughs> That's it's, great. Yeah, we we did it for the last couple seasons of the show. It was, it was I'll, fun. you know what? Good Maybe that will motivate me to watch the show. I'll, I'll listen to the pod. So you should. If the, if the episodes are still up there, our podcast they're still up there. They 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 were fun. So I'll try to get yeah, those. Okay. Two one five five nine two nine four nine. Back to the phones in one second here. But um, one thing to monitor on Sunday, win or lose, is this could be the last game at the link as an eagle for for several different Eagles, maybe the last game of their career, um, including, you know, Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, these guys who have been legends uh, by for this organization. And, man, I just – I love Brandon Graham so much. Like, like, And he's a guy – what a story. A guy who was a bust for – I mean, Brandon Graham was considered a bust for like four years. And then in 2014, 2015, he finally started to come on – and it was just so great last week. This was Brandon Graham at the coin toss talking trash to uh, Dexter Lawrence. There they go. We running right at you, 9-7. We right at you. And you know to run this way. We running right at you, 9-7. You look like you tired from this, this week. It's just so funny. Like, that was so great. It's, it's funny the relationship these guys have together because here was Jason Kelsey. He asked about it later in the week. Here was Kelsey on, on what he thought of Brandon Graham giving that talk to, to Dexter Lawrence during coin toss. Curious relationship with Brandon Graham. Is this video of you guys taking the field. He's chirping at Dexter Lawrence. Like yeah, I wasn't happy about that. I told him right after, hey, man, you talk to the, 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 the tackle, okay? I'll handle this guy. Don't get, I don't need him more revved up than he already is. And it's just great. It's like, you know, like a brotherly relationship between those two guys. And I, I got to say, like, I, I, what's your prediction, Francisco? I think they're both coming back. Like, I think they're both coming back. Like, Brandon said he enjoyed his role this year. Kelsey, I don't know how he's doing it, but Kelsey, like, Kelsey, like, gets better. Like, every year somehow he seems to get even better. Like, Jason Kelsey's playing as well now as he's ever played throughout the course of his career. I mean, Lane, I think, is definitely back. If any of them are gone, it's probably Fletcher Cox, and that's probably more of a money situation than anything else. But I, I, I think all these guys can still play. I want them all back next year. Yeah, I think they both want to come back. Like, I think it's, it's apparent. Like, I mean, I, I've gotten nothing, no, no signs from them saying they're not coming back. Like, I would definitely bet they're going to come back for at least another year. And their leadership is important, man. I mean, Brandon Graham, I think, is such a, a great leader in this locker room. Um, I I'd love him to be an eagle for as long as he could still play, and and Kelsey is Kelsey's just incredible. Like every year he talks about retirement and and teases it and everything, but it's like I don't know how he could retire as he's still playing this well. Like he's still playing great, and you know I hope he stays around. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Andrew in Doylestown. What's up, Andrew? Hey, how's it going, Tom? How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, kind of want to touch on a couple things. About the game this Sunday, as long as Gannon can match up with the zone, you know how he really does really good when the Eagles play good game and they play good zone, 
they take away the middle of the field and they force Purdy to have to throw to the numbers or down the field, game over, man. Game over. I mean, Purdy, you know, talked about been listening. He don't have the zip on the ball. He can't get it to, like, those precise pockets, and he hasn't been playing long enough. You know, Jalen, he kind of struggled like that last year. He was late on throws, and he wasn't precise enough to do what he needed to to move the ball down the field. And it showed, like, when he was late or when he would, like, take real long to get the ball out, like, really, like, long throw motion. That's kind of where Purdy's at right now. But he just has a great team. Like, if Jalen had a great team like that last year, we probably would have had a couple more wins. I mean, we choked away that game with Jalen Rager. Whatever. That's mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. No, I'm with We're- you. I'm with you, Andrew, and I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I think – I think the Eagles are, are going to, you know, have a really good game plan on, on Sunday, and I think they're going to perform well. And the supporting cast is is, is huge, and, and I, I think they're they're going to play great on Sunday. And I'd expect Jalen Hurts to play great. Let's go to Rich in Harrisburg. What's up, Rich? Hey, uh, I got a song I think fits up with uh, uniquely with the string bands and with the uh, Philadelphia Wait, you got Eagles. A, what, what do you say, Rich? You got a song? Yeah, I got a song. All right, and well, boy, I'd like I'd like to get it to the string bands, but I'll tell you, I am blind. I'm 86, and I'm stranded in a nursing home in Harrisburg. Well, you sound great for 86, Rich. Well, <laughs> I'm trying, and I I'm sitting here, and I just came up with this thing, and I I tried to call the pen and pencil club if I. To see if I, any of my old buddies were down there, you know what that is, don't you? I, pen and I don't know what the pen and pencil club. Oh, is. the pen and pencil club is like gathering spot for a, a lot of the the uh, editorial people down, like the Inquirer, Daily News, okay, and things like that. A lot of the sports writers used to go there too. All right. But any, it's a late night place. There you go. And they're having a yeah, and and, and I was the night city editor at the Inquirer, and. Uh, uh, it used to be a good place to go to after the paper closed. Well, there you go. You guys just uh, throwing a couple back after a late, a couple late oh, nights? Oh, yeah. And you know what they had over there? What's that? And they started during the Depression. They used to have hot dogs on the pot all the time. And the, uh, the reporters, they started that during the Depression. I wasn't there then. Uh, but uh, they kept that up for a long time. And uh, reporters go in there, you know, you drop a few uh, beers down, and and you get three hot dogs too. Well, there you go, Rich. Well, I, I'm sorry, Rich. I can't tell you where to get your song to. I don't know who to direct it to, but I appreciate you calling in tonight, man. Well, let me let me uh, get it off to you if, if I can. I yeah, I don't. I, uh, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do with it though. though. Well, think, okay, Rich. I'm not a I'm not a singer, but uh, bear with me. Okay, you're okay. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, we got lots in common with the Eagles. We got a lot in common when we play. Oh, we got lots in common with the Eagles. And I'm going to tell you when I say our banjos are a strumming, our saxophones are humming. You can say we got a sax when we play. Go Eagles. Oh, Eagles, oh, get a lot of sacks when you play. I, I, 
I love it, Rich. Thanks for thanks for regaling us, man. Rich, I thought that was fantastic, buddy. But I mean, I, yeah, I'm sitting here. I came up with it, and I said, "Hey, it sounds like a good string band song." Well, you're you're the man, Rich. I appreciate it. Great song, man. Uh, and what do you think, Francisco? I enjoyed it, Rich's song. It's a genius for recover on the spot. Yeah, it was That's, good. I mean, yeah, that was really good. No, that's awesome. I hope Rich enjoys enjoys the game on Sunday as well. But that, thank you, Rich, for for giving us that song. That was that was awesome. Yeah, hopefully, he, uh, you know, the pen and pencil club. Yeah, hopefully, he, sounds uh, like a happening spot. Yeah, I'm t- I want to, I want to get, I want to be there. Yeah, but uh, real quickly before we go to break, I wanted to give you my my official picks. As I said, thirty four thirteen Eagles roll. No worries. Um, Bengals Chiefs. I like the Bengals 34-24 in this game. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think the Bengals win this football game. So I'll go Bengals there. And I told you I'd give you a same-game parlay. And what do you think of this, Francisco? This is plus 614. $10 wins you $61 here. Miles Sanders, over 49.5 rushing yards. A.J. Brown, over 70.5 receiving yards. I think A.J. Brown has a big day. And A.J. Brown, anytime touchdown scorer. Six four plus six fourteen. You don't like you don't like the AJ Brown. Yeah, I don't. I like Devontae Smith to have a big day. Oh man. Well Devon I felt like Devontae's day was last week. Um I had done a parlay with AJ Brown last week though, and then Mike Angelina tipped me off. Mike Angelina said, uh, I think it's a skinny Batman day. But and, yeah. and he was right. It was skinny Batman day. So it was. We'll see. Uh two one five five nine two nine four nine before we get back. Turn things over to Steve Trevelis. He's coming up next for the overnight. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly wrapping up the show tonight. Now it's time to turn things over to Steve Trevelis. He's got you for the next three hours on the overnight. What's going on, Trev? How you doing? How you holding up after uh, that beatdown last week? Boy, we wasted no time getting to me this time, didn't we? <laughs> There's I mean, no banter, no how you doing. Nothing. Well, we got right well, to the heart of the I'm matter. Sorry, we Trev, go. how are you doing, buddy? How are you, how are you, how you Not doing? too good, Tommy. Not too good. Right. I, you know, I, all I got to say is I am so glad I did not bet this game. <laughs> I know, yeah. No. Oh, my God. I could only imagine what I'd be doing thinking about the things I have already done. Yeah. I mean, I didn't bet anything. I didn't go anywhere near this game. But I really believed. You know, this is where, this is where like, the heart rules the mind. There was a song. I think it was GTR in the 80s, When the Heart Rules the Mind. Uh, we used to play it on YSP, uh, which used to be here before this. Yes. But, uh, but the, the heart is saying, okay, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to have his way with Lane Johnson. You know, and, and the heart didn't think about the rest of the giant offensive right. line was going to have to block three other guys who had 10-plus sacks all year. You know, and and the heart was saying Daniel Jones is going to be able to run around and make things happen with Saquon Barkley. And uh, the, the mind wasn't thinking about how impossible that was going to be. But you know what? Ricky Ricardo and I were talking during the week, and he made a great point about how, and I didn't think of this because everybody's thinking like Giant fans, when it was fourth and eight on, the op- on their opening drive, and they go for it and they don't get it. And that, I think, is where the game turned. But it was before that. And and tell me what you think. You know, analytics today, you defer when you win. It's like winning the coin toss actually means you get the ball in the second half nowadays. But back in the day, Bill Parcells would never do that. It was always, I want points. I want the ball. I want to get points as quickly as possible. And the Giants won the toss. Had they received 
they could have maybe set the tone for the game, gotten the ball first, maybe tried to establish the run, any kind of a sustained drive, and if they did anything, could have taken the crowd out of it. But no, they kick off. Eagles go right down the field and score a touchdown. Giants get the ball. They miss fourth and eighth. Eagles go right down the field and score a touchdown, and then it got out of hand. Yeah, Trev, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think it would have mattered. I'm one of those people who I think it is usually the right decision to defer, and I think it was the right decision by the Giants to defer. I think it's easy to look in hindsight and say they should have received, but, I mean, you have that crowd going nuts at the beginning of the game. That's why you want the ball. Well, no, I I look at it the opposite way. I mean, I think that's why you want to defer. You don't want to be on offense with that crowd going crazy. You want to give the Eagles the ball force a three and out, let them calm down a little bit, and get the ball in the second half when everybody's coming back from the bathroom. Now, I think if you have the better shot, if you're doing something, if you're actually moving the ball, then the eagle, then the crowd would be quiet. And here's a question. Fans worry about going to Eagle. Like opposing team fans, you know, the bigger rap on the Eagle fans is that, you know, you don't go to an Eagle game wearing the other team's garb. I did it all the time in the 80s and the 90s. I just I haven't gone to games in a long time because I think I'm burned on going to games. But I never had a problem with it. Uh, but how many teams do you know, teams, players, that talk about not wanting to come into Lincoln Financial Field and play? Because I don't know of any. The fans, I, I get one thing, but the players could care less. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I think this week, though, Trev, I mean, the 49ers are making this a big deal. Like, Kyle Shanahan showed his team video of the, the Bucks coming in here 20 years ago and beating the Eagles. I mean, I think it is something that's weighing on their minds a little bit. As far as the, fan, as the fans, honestly, man, I've always thought that's overblown. Like, I was an usher at that stadium for 10 years. Were you really? Yeah, yeah, from 06 to 15. All um, right, so what have you seen? I've never really seen, like, any horrible treatment of, of, of fans. Like, I was down on the lower level, so I guess I'm not up top with the kind of crazy people. But, Trev, like, the, the worst, like, um, crowds that I encountered were, like, the country concerts. And as far as a football game went, like, the worst fans I encountered there were the Notre Dame fans were, were the jerks. Like, I, I think it's always overblown. Like, I've seen people wear opposing teams' jerseys, and normally they don't get any trouble. No, I wore the night Carl Banks. Uh, <laughs> the night Carl Banks threw himself into Randall Cunningham and watched him throw a touchdown pass. I was in the lower level wearing a, a giant starter jacket. Nothing happened. You know, I've been in the stands wearing jerseys. One time I was in the stands. It was 1990, and. Uh, I'm in the stands with my friend Tom Cunningham, and Stephen Baker scores a touchdown. I jump up and I yell, and I sit down, and Cunningham's like, "They're throwing money at you," and I'm like, "What?" He goes, "They're throwing money at you." And I look down, and they're like dimes and quarters and nickels. So I get up, and furthermore, he goes, "Don't press your luck. Don't press your get down here. Don't press your luck." But I never had a problem, you know, uh, with the fans at all. And it's going to be loud, but I think like. The, the Eagles right now, I mean, this is a buzzsaw. I can't see San Francisco winning this game. After what they did to the Giants, and they did it early, and they're just firing on all cylinders. I can't see them losing. Yeah, I mean, Trev, I just don't see how Brock Purdy comes in here and has success. I know he's he, he's played well this year, um, but I, I think this is the kind of situation where eventually, you know, the, the seventh-round rookie quarterback is going to show why he's a seventh-round rookie quarterback. And, you know, coming into that environment – it's going to be hostile. It's going to be difficult. And I just think the Eagles are the better team, ultimately. Yeah, I, I can't argue. I, in fact, I think they're the better team than the AFC as well. I don't see, after what I saw last Saturday and what they've done in the past, I just, uh, this year, I just can't see anybody beating this team, regardless of who wins the AFC. 
Maybe, I mean, I, I will say, the AFC, the two teams coming out of the AFC scare me more than the 49ers do because of the quarterback situation. But it'll be interesting, Trev. And I, I want to ask you this, because you're a guy who, who has been in the city for, for a really long time here. Um, how intrigued would you be by an Eagles versus Andy Reid Super Bowl matchup? I'll tell you something. It would be, I was thinking about how intriguing it would be that Doug Peterson wins the Super Bowl with the Eagles. Nick Sirianni wins the Super Bowl with the Eagles. Meanwhile, Andy Reid been here for 10 years, went to, what was it, five championship games and couldn't bring home a trophy. What does that say about Andy Reid? I mean, what what could that 2000, you know, what, what could he have been the reason that they didn't win the Super Bowl in 2004, regardless of the clock management at the end of the game? I don't believe that to be true. Like, I am one of well, the I know people, Andy Reid's a saint. I, lo- I love we, Andy Reid. Genuflect, I, I, I know. Yeah, I but, do. But regardless I of that, I reality. Feet. Yeah. No, I, no I, I think Trev, honestly, and I'm a big Donovan guy, too. The Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl because Donovan was terrible in that game. Like, All right. Like, I think it was it was really that simple. Um, the championship games, I think each of them had kind of a different kind of story. Could Andy have had better games? Yeah. But I think Andy's a great coach. And me personally, uh, and this might be, a, a, you know, I don't think this is a unanimous opinion. And I'm obviously better for, for the station if, if the Eagles did play Andy. But I wouldn't want to have to root against Andy. In a, like, I, I wouldn't want that would be interesting. the Eagles to play against Andy in the Super Bowl. I, I feel like it would be conflicting emotions. And more than anything, I wouldn't want the people who hate Andy to get the satisfaction of beating him in the Super Bowl. What does it do for his legacy if he were to lose to Sirianni? It would – ultimately, I don't think it does much. I think in Philadelphia um, – That's you know, what I mean. Right. In Philadelphia, I think people would would use it as a way to demean Andy. But ultimately, I don't know. Be, he lost in the Super Bowl. I don't think that's necessarily a huge – Negative. I mean, I. But but it would be it would be a bad look. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. I mean, if Andy Reid were to take on the Eagles, and again, if if Sirianni would beat Andy Reid, the fact that Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl and Andy spent was it ten years here and didn't win a Super Bowl. That more than ten years, right? Ninety nine to uh, twenty twelve, thirteen years, and didn't get it. I think it would be different though if Andy hadn't won one eventually. Like the fact that he won one in Kansas City. I think changes things a little bit. Right, but, I mean, he won the one. Like, I think that does change things a little bit. If he still hadn't won a Super Bowl, I think then it would be a much bigger issue legacy-wise for him. All right. All right. Uh, My friend Scott Siegelbaum, who used to be the promotions director of YSP a long time ago, now does cartoon art, and he's doing an art show in Salem, New Jersey. Give me the cartoon characters that you loved when, when Tom Kelly had his Cocoa Puffs and he was sitting in front of the TV, what were your favorite cartoon characters back in the day? Uh, number one was probably Doug. Do you remember the show Doug? And yeah. Yeah. I liked Doug uh, and I liked the Rugrats. Tommy the Rugrats. Yeah. Did you see the movie? I, I, I'm sure I did. It's a long time ago, Trev. I couldn't tell you anything about that movie. So did you learn anything now that you have Rugrats from watching the Rugrats? Not really applicable stuff because those Rugrats, like, they're babies, but apparently they are, are super intelligent. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, not, not a ton, but uh, I remember that was my favorite cartoon probably.
Yeah, we'll so, talk about that. Right, well, good stuff. A lot of other good stuff. Well, good stuff. That's Steve Trevelisse. Uh, we'll talk to Trev next week. He's coming up for the next three hours. Thank you to San Francisco Rojas for producing the show tonight. Uh, over there in his George Kittle jersey. Hopefully he enjoys the game uh, this weekend. But Trev's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.